Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. It is Monday, the first day of February 2016, the day of the Iowa caucus. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doug and Joe Hagman here. Something I like to call, well, the Hagman and Hagman Report is America's premier father-son investigative reporting team with both uh, myself and my son. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm for those who don't know me, of course, uh, and uh, uh, re- fellow investigator, researcher, most importantly my son, uh, Joe Hagman, together we are the Hagman Hagman Report, folks. Uh, we broadcast live every, every weekday, Monday through Friday, and uh, our flagship station, Global Star Radio Network. Folks, catch us on the Global Star Radio Network, and also you can go to HagmanandHagman.com. That's our presence on the Internet, along with Hagman Report as uh, and Homeland Security U.S. But the uh, show page is HagmanandHagman.com. From there, you can watch us live on our official YouTube channel. And now tonight, we're going to be talking about... Starting out talking about the Iowa caucuses, or the Iowa caucus, I should say, uh, issues, folks, that, uh, so we're going to be giving you some inside information from our very special guest tonight, Mr. Paul McGuire. Paul McGuire, his website, paulmcguire.us. But, uh, first and foremost, the, uh, the situation with the Iowa caucus, the voting historical, as well as, uh, current, the voting situation, the candidates, and what you need to know specifically about the system and also about the future of the, of this country. Before we get started, be, uh, before I turn it over to Joe, I want to mention that portions of tonight's broadcast being brought to you by Heaven's Harvest. Uh, if you go to HagmanSeeds.com, that's HagmanSeeds.com, uh, check out Heaven Heaven's Harvest. Check out... Well, you can protect your future and become self-reliant through the purchase and storage of seeds. Seeds for your garden, seeds to grow. From urban to rural living, Heaven's Harvest Seeds are the answer to any type of scenario out there you can think of, from agriterrorism to, uh, well, to any situation. That's HagmanSeeds.com. That's a special site created by Heaven's Harvest. Joe. Welcome to the program tonight, and let's uh, let's bring on our guests and let's get rolling here. We have a lot of things to cover from the Iowa caucuses to the prophecy of the future of America. Absolutely, it is uh, great to be here. Hope everybody had a restful and relaxing weekend and got a lot accomplished. I know uh, we here we're working separately on a number of different things, and um, tonight Paul McGuire is our guest. <coughs> His website is paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And um, we're going to talk about a number of things tonight. I'm just going to turn it over to you, Paul, welcoming you to the program, and uh, let you start where you want, wherever you want to. Thank you, gentlemen, and hello to both of you, Doug and Joe. And um, um, tonight is an interesting night in our nation with what's happening in Iowa, and we're going to talk about what's happening in Iowa, and we're going to give uh, information to your listeners, uh, very important information to your listeners that they are not getting, uh, obviously, on the uh, 
major media, but more importantly, the information that we're going to give them tonight on your show is not information that they're getting from uh, the so-called conservative uh, media stars and their programs. Um, there's a lot of disinformation going out there, and we're going to we're going to explain why. Uh, so the information that we're going to give out tonight uh, is going to kind of expose what's happening uh, in the political process. And uh, this is unique information that you won't be able to get uh, from other sources. You know, I, I I meet Christians all the time, and you know, I sit in the, I sit in the car in L.A. and I tune into some of the uh, uh, big uh, uh, conservative radio talk show host stars. Let's just call them that. And I had my own program for ten years, the Paul McGuire Show, which was a really high-powered show. We had a ton of listeners, and. Um, you know, I hear things from uh, a number of the, let's call them stars, the biggest conservative media stars. And the reason I'm using the word stars is because their audiences worship them. But uh, these conservative icons, these conservative stars, uh, and I, 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 I hear Christians all the time repeat verbatim what these people tell them on the radio, but we need to understand that uh, a lot of them, um, are agents of disinformation, and I know that you know it's going to. It's going to. This is going to be a heartbreaker for a lot of people, and uh, we're going to ruin the honeymoon uh, that some people are having with their uh, the love affair they're having with their conservative media talk show host stars because what some of these people are saying are not true. Now, I want to get into Iowa real quick because what we're going to talk about tonight, you're, not, you're definitely not going to see on the repetitive same talking points of, let's say, Fox and CNN and MSNBC. But isn't it interesting, and I know both of you gentlemen have uh, paid attention to this, but the talking points of, let's say, Fox News Network, CNN, MSNBC, and some of the other uh, cable uh, news networks and the other networks, the talking points right now are the exact same talking points. They're in synchronization with uh, the messages given out by, let's say, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, uh, and Rush Limbaugh, and uh, the National Review magazine, the, the so-called conservative National Review magazine. So the question has to be asked, and by the way, it's the same talking points uh, being released by the GOP establishment and some of the uh, political campaigns and candidates. So the question is this, how is it that... Um, Mark Levin, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, um, Fox News Network, CNN, MSNBC, uh, the GOP establishment um, are all using the same talking points. That shouldn't be, because if conservatives who, who are uh, true conservatives would not be in agreement with the talking points of the GOP establishment or uh, some of the more liberal news networks, but they're all saying the same thing. Now, why is that? What, what, what is this unity about? So I want to expose that because there's a lot of people that are being um, uh, hypnotized, if you will, by, by their uh, affinity towards their talk show hosts. So l let's get down to business. Uh, 
Paul, uh, I, 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 yeah, Paul, yeah. I, I just want, I just want to direct people, uh, folks, if you have not read Paul's latest column and the article, uh, you've got to read it. It's, uh, posted. It's linked off of paulmaguire.us. It's on News with Views. Just go to paulmaguire.us and his article, it came out today. It's gonna, it's gonna break a lot of misconceptions. It's gonna stand a lot of people on their, their ears with respect to, uh, uh, how things work. It's called the globalist and the left right paradigm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's one of the most salient and imperative reading uh, articles I've ever read. I mean, the timely, you've got to understand, you've got to get the information that's in this article. Again, paulmaguire.us, but the article uh, is The Globalist and the Left-Right Paradigm. It's phenomenal, dated today, just came out. Paul, you just hit a home run with this, but go ahead, sir. I just wanted to make sure, sure people had that link. No, th- um, you know, yeah. go ahead. Th- thank you. Thank you for that. And when I wrote the article uh, from which we're going to talk about some of the, the, the important points on your program, when I wrote the article, uh, I had forgotten. First of all, I wrote the article because it, it, it was based on research that I knew about for quite a while, and I wanted to uh, put that research out there because it reveals uh, the truth about a number of the candidates. But when I wrote the article, uh, there was no intention on my part to release it uh, the day of, of uh, Iowa. In fact, I knew it was being released uh, today, but I forgot, I mean, when I originally wrote the article, I forgot that, that, that this was the day that Iowa was happening. So it's, it's very revealing in light of what's happening in Iowa, but I didn't have an intention in doing that. And I want to clarify to um, listeners out there, I, I, I did not write this article to promote one particular candidate or try to take down another candidate. That's not my motive. Um, and I close the article by saying that I myself have not decided at this point who I'm going to vote for because um, I, I want more information to come forward. And I'm hoping that some of the people uh, that I deal with in the article will, will come forward and be honest. So I have not made up my mind and I'm not trying to promote a particular candidate, but I am interested in truth. And I, I will tell you that when I see lies, what I perceive to be lies, and I hope I'm wrong, uh, that's an emotionally charged word, but when I see, let's say, disinformation being released by a particular candidate and their media friends, and then uh, Christians and conservatives just swallowing it, a uh, hook, line, and sinker, that bothers me. And so that's why I wrote the article. So let me get down to business here. Um, there are a lot of uh, evangelicals and conservatives uh, who are very uh, intoxicated with Ted Cruz because Ted Cruz uh, uh, does a lot of uh, speaking about being the constitutional candidate. He quotes the Constitution. He quotes the Bill of Rights. And, and in his defense, he's, he's very eloquent about the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and very knowledgeable about the history of America. So that, that's to his credit. I mean, a lot of politicians on the left or right are, are basically illiterate. He, he is not an illiterate man when it comes to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So he speaks a great deal about it. But the problem that I have, and he speaks a, a great deal about the need for um, uh, controlling uh, immigration, uh, and uh, the need for America to, to rebound uh, economically. But there are things in his uh, life in terms of who is financing him. Uh, there are things in his life like Heidi Cruz, his wife, uh, 
who wrote and has advocated for what's called the North American Union and the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, and But most of all, the, the organizations and individuals that are bankrolling crews uh, are globalists, and I can prove that in a moment. It, didn't, it doesn't take a whole lot of research. So I have a problem with the guy who's running around saying he's a constitutional candidate, who, who uh, I think he even used the expression today, uh, it was a revivalistic expression, uh, you know, we need God's people to come together. It was even stronger than that. Uh, Cruz was using that uh, to, to rally the evangelical vote. But, you know, evangelical Christians need to get beyond emotion and start looking at the facts. Now, I want to point out a couple of... Uh, Let's let's say alleged facts as a disclaimer. Uh, first of all, uh, we have a major problem regarding the globalists who are controlling this particular election and who are bankrolling the various candidates. Um, the biggest issue, in my opinion, in this campaign, and this would go for Christians who who are concerned with moral issues and um, uh, freedom of religion issues, all which are very valid. But the single most important issue in this uh, presidential campaign, in my opinion, is the secret trade treaties. And the reason for that is that the secret trade treaties uh, are going to be used to completely rewrite America as we know it. In addition, they involve uh, money, the, the largest sums of money flowing out of our nation and into our nation, and as we all know, we need to follow the money to get to the bottom of things. So the trade treaties are, are the bullseye. And if you don't get that, then you can't vote intelligently because the trade treaties are going to affect the moral issues. The trade treaties will affect freedom of religion and your ability to vote and everything else. So trade treaties is the number one thing. Now, um, there was a study from Tufts uh, University about the claims, the glowing claims of what's called the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP. And uh, that's the secret trade treaty that the Republicans are in on, uh, the Democrats are in on, and like uh, the, the, the uh, legislation that uh, regarding Obamacare, nobody was allowed to read that. Remember Pelosi saying that, you know, just, you're going to have to vote on it at first and read it later. Well, the same thing with the trade treaties. The trade treaties are passed by Republicans, and nobody's allowed to read it, but inside the trade treaty, um, you see a, a blueprint for transforming America into a globalist, socialist state with vast wealth reduction of the middle class and a complete reorganization of America. So the trade treaties are of paramount importance, and it's outrageous that Republicans, uh, as well as Democrats, can go along with the idea that you can't, you can't read them. So um, this uh, Tufts University study regarding the Trans-Pacific Partnership, again, TPP, uh, a trade treaty, it, it predicts that it will cause the loss of another 450,000 jobs in the United States by 2025. Now, I believe that's a conservative estimate. So the, the trade treaty that uh, Cruz and the other Republicans are um, getting behind uh, will cause the loss of 450,000 jobs in the United States by th uh, 2025. That completely 
uh, guts or massacres the American middle class because these jobs are higher paying jobs. And the root of this is that the globalists are primarily interested in their own profits uh, and they could care less about America. I know both of you have seen the news and many of your um, listeners have. Major corporations are fleeing America right now in an exodus to escape these these astronomical, the highest tax rates against corporations in the world exist in the United States. So um, um, organiza- companies like Coca-Cola, one of their major divisions of Coca-Cola, um, is going to um, move overseas so they don't have to pay the taxes. And there are other massive corporations uh, equally as big that are going to relocate their headquarters or their divisions overseas in a scheme to avoid paying taxes. Well, this is going to cause a further loss of high-paying jobs. Now, um, let's get down to um, disinformation. Um, I know that a lot of people are probably very bothered by the fact that I said, okay, Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and National Review Magazine, um, um, in my opinion, they are uh, trying to take down Trump and they're trying to uh, promote Ted Cruz. And people have emotional loyalties to these uh, uh, people. But I'm going to suggest to you that if you look at the people that are financing Ted Cruz, uh, I find the endorsement, the enthusiastic endorsement of, of Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh and Mark Levin and, and uh, others uh, very suspect, and I'll tell you why. Um, we need to go back to uh, a guy named William F. Buckley, and not, ev- not everybody listening probably knows who William F. Buckley was because it was quite a few years ago. But w- William F. Buckley in his time was more famous and more powerful and had more viewers on his television show than every single one of the conservative media stars today combined. And uh, he was a a brilliant intellectual. Uh, He had enormous influence over the conservative movement in the United States of America, and he had a television show that was extremely powerful and watched by millions and millions of people. But William F. Buckley Jr., um, the gentleman we're talking about, the whole time he was doing this, he was working for the CIA. And he, Buckley, along with many of his intelligence community colleagues, uh, went on to found the pseudo-conservative National Review magazine. Now, remember, National Review magazine is the magazine right now that's leading the charge against Trump. In fact, Glenn Beck wrote an article in the National Review magazine uh, where he attacks Trump uh, viciously, and that's in the January 21st, uh, 21st, 2016 issue of National Review. The article was entitled Conservatives Against Trump by Glenn Beck. Now, um, so here we have Conservative Review, which, according to uh, the research that I've done, was founded by the CIA, along with Buckley being a agent of the CIA, and the the um, uh, what appears to be happening here is that the CIA, as well as globalists, uh, have a long track record in financing and directly financing a controlled conservative movement, 
uh, in directly financing and raising up controlled conservative leaders who are, are, are who are in fact not truly conservative, but they're the agents of globalism, but they masquerade as conservatives. So I don't know to what degree the National Review magazine is still tied in or if it's tied in at all to the CIA, uh, but it was when it was founded, and it was used to create a synthetic, artificial conservative movement uh, so the globalists could control the agenda of the conservative uh, of the conservative movement. Another thing people need to understand about Buckley, and remember, Buckley is more powerful than O'Reilly and Beck and Levin and all of them put together. Buckley was a member of the secret society Skull and Bones at Yale University. So uh, the National Review is now the attack, the conservative attack dog, attack dog against Donald Trump. And um, radio talk show host and television host Glenn Beck is spearheading this campaign along with Mark Levin and Rush Limbaugh. And the question is, is their criticism of Donald Trump valid? Uh, they're, they're in a concerted effort to tear him down. Um, are, are their criticisms valid? And um, then they are getting tremendous airplay, let's say, on Fox News Network, uh, the GOP establishment, CNN, and others. Now, in contrast, Ted Cruz, um, who they are promoting, um, he Ted Cruz promotes himself as perhaps the only true conservative and constitutional candidate and he has gone out of his way to get evangelical Christians to, to get behind him. Um, and he talks a lot about Christianity and his faith, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so those are all words by Ted Cruz. Those are all words by Glenn Beck and uh, Mark Levin and um, uh, the National Review and Rush Limbaugh. But let's let's look at disturbing questions. Number one, Heidi Cruz, Ted Cruz's wife, was very active in what was called the North American Union Security and Prosperity Partnership created by the Council on Foreign Relations. Now, I'm extremely familiar with that document because in 2005 I authored a book called Are You Ready? where I talked extensively about it. I spoke out about it on national television. I went on Fox News Network numerous times and discussed it. Uh, CNN, and I made lots of national press. Uh, I was among the three uh, journalists um, who were the, we were the only ones um, who talked about the uh, North American Union in public, and uh, we were attacked viciously. I was attacked viciously uh, for uh, uh, making it up, even though anybody who wants to to check out whether. Uh, there is such thing as the North American Union. Can simply go to the Council on Foreign Relations website, uh, CFR.org, and uh, read for free a 59-page summary uh, called uh, "Building a North American uh, Community." And you can read the summary for free. You can read the task report for free, and you'll find that Heidi Cruz uh, was a key contributor to this uh, North American Union Security and Prosperity Partnership. Now, the North American Union, by its design, is intended to merge Canada, Mexico, and the United States, and I deal with this in all of my books. And um, 
the idea is that the North American Union is a merger of Canada, Mexico, and the United States, and it's to be a mirror-type union uh, to the European Union. And the globalist plan, of course, is to create, well, they have created the Asian Union, the North American Union, the European Union, the African U- Union, and so on and so forth. There are ten unions around the world, and they these ten unions compose a global government. So it is a globalist uh, organizational structure for a global government, and the North American Union plays a key component. Now, um, Ted Cruz's wife was instrumental in, uh, as, as a participant in forging this document and this Council on Foreign Relations plan. But Cruz has gone on record because he's been asked about this. He said publicly that his wife opposed the North American Union. But in my article, which you can read at paulmcguire.us, um, I quote what she said in the task force report, the Council on Foreign Relations task force report. So on one hand, we have Ted Cruz saying that even though she participated in it, she uh, uh, essentially um, um, dissented against it and, and came against it. Well, is that true? When you read her uh, quote, um, I think you'll come to the conclusion that it's absolutely not true. I'll just read you the first sentence of this, what Ted Cruz calls a rejection of the task force report. And I'm going to quote his wife, Heidi Cruz, from pages 33 and 34 of the task force report. It, it, ironically, it's, it's, the headline is additional and dissenting views. <laughs> but it's, there's no dissent in her viewpoint. Now, this, these are the words of Heidi uh, Cruz. I support the task force report and its recommendations aimed at building a safer and more prosperous North America. And I'll let people go on and they can read the article because it's, it's, it's a more lengthy quote. But the bottom line is there's no way you can read Heidi Cruz's words and come up with the idea that she opposes the North American Union. The opposite is true. She is passionately uh, endorsing the North American Union. And when you read that report, Building a North American Community, or the, um, uh, which is the Council on Foreign Relations Plan, when you read that report, which I have many, many, many times, that report calls for open borders. It calls for the uh, uh, free flow of people coming from Mexico into the United States and vice versa, but the reality is they're all coming in from Mexico into the United States to work. It calls for open borders. It, inc- it calls for increased migration. It uh, calls for, literally, the tearing down of the borders between Canada, Mexico, and the United States so it will become one North American Union. It calls for uh, America to spend uh, uh, vast sums of money to pay for the education of people in Mexico, uh, to, to build up their economy, and it's a completely globalist game plan that will destroy America as we know it and merge it into a quasi-global government called the North American Union. So this is all from the wife of a uh, uh, allegedly, you know, strong Christian that all the evangelicals are, are are fainting over in religious fervor. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with somebody who says one thing. And then the reality is uh, their words and their actions are the exact opposite. And as I said on my own radio show, this is about uh, 15 years ago, and people were talking about love, love, love. Well, 
the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And uh, the Bible talks about that we're to love one another. I do not think that it is an act of love for the globalists to flood America with cheap labor so that American wages are artificially driven down. I don't think it's an act of love to tinker with the economy, which what the globalists and Rockefeller has done, which now forces um, uh, both the husband and wife to work so that the wife doesn't have the voluntary choice to stay home and be a mother to her children. So their children have to be raised in a public school system where they're indoctrinated and exposed to all kinds of things like drugs and who knows what sexually. I don't think it's an act of love to support a candidate whose uh, wife advocated uh, this North American Union, which is the, the brainchild of the world's most premier globalist, Rockefeller, Kissinger, and company. I don't think that's an act of love. In my opinion, that's an act of poisonous hatred towards Christians. And let's call it for what it is. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. And this is for everybody listening out there. And, and, and again, I'm, this is not, I'm not Paul McGuire campaigning for Trump. I haven't decided who I'm going to vote for, and I'm sure Trump has his own bag of worms uh, that we're going to have to examine in the future. I'm simply talking about Cruz because uh, this information is already out there. And, uh, again, I don't have a political agenda in doing this except for I am an advocate for truth and not an advocate for disinformation and lies. And I'm going to just... You know, this is going to be hard, and this is going to be tough, and I'll probably calm down later, but I feel very strongly about it, and my attitude is to take no prisoners, because true love confronts, and I'm confronting people out there. True love confronts. True love is not passive. If you're a parent, and your little kid is going to, uh, your dad or a mom, as I have been, I'm a dad, and my little girl, a little boy, when they were young, were going to run into the street, I would swat them on the behind and, and, and uh, tell them not to go in the street. That's called confrontation. That's love because I didn't want him to be hit by a car and paralyzed for life. So true love confronts, and every parent knows that. So if you're having a religious, ecstatic experience over Ted Cruz because you think he's the Messiah, I want to pop that balloon real quick. Um, the evidence tells you that at least his wife is an agent for globalists who are tearing down our nation, okay? And we need to deal with that. Now, if Ted Cruz has an honest explanation, which he has not come forward with, because he's denied, he, he actually took the body of language that his wife said and lied about it, or let's say allegedly lied about it. He said, well, she, she disavowed what she said. No, she didn't. She strongly endorsed it. So I have a problem with that. That's called lying. Now, number two is, people say, well, maybe that was his wife. Okay, so let's, let's, let's put his wife on the shelf for a moment and look at Ted Cruz. And, you know, this goes back, and I'm going to get into this in, in a moment, because it affects uh, the presidency, it affects the evangelical movement, conservatives, and the future of our nation. I am not speaking as an outsider in my analysis, and I don't think that I've uh, gone forward publicly and discussed this ever, uh, um, because I, I, you know, I'm not the type of person that likes to just uh, indiscriminately brag or show off uh, 
my um, contacts and people I know, et cetera. But I'm not speaking as an outsider. I'm speaking as somebody who's been on the inside of uh, the uh, alliance of uh, Republicans and evangelicals for a long time. And I know a lot of things that I don't discuss publicly. And I, I work with and have worked with the largest evangelical leaders in the nation. And this goes back to my uh, deep French friendship with uh, Frankie Schaefer, whose father was Dr. Francis Schaefer, the the leading evangelical theologian uh, in the world. Uh, and many may not remember him because he's gone on to be with the Lord. But when Dr. Francis Schaefer... Um, um, his his biblical analysis and his call to Christians to stop accommodating to the culture and get involved with reality. Uh, Dr. Francis Schaeffer, I was very close as an insider to the to to the Francis Schaeffer family. Francis Schaeffer and Frankie Schaeffer visited the White House uh, under President George Bush Sr. Uh, frequently, and it was the writings of Francis Schaeffer that created what was called the moral majority or the Christian right. Uh, a number of decades ago, and I was uh, uh, privy to to all kinds of uh, personal and inside information that most people don't know about. But but the the political operatives um, used uh, uh, Francis Schaeffer's writing uh, to create the moral majority, the Christian right, and that whole movement. Now, uh, Dr. James Dobson, who I am uh, a personal acquaintance of, and Dr. Dobson has endorsed my ministry, and I know him and his wife and uh, personally, and I um, have a great deal of respect for the man. His, his uh, call into Christian activism was motivated by Dr. Francis Schaeffer. Uh, Jerry Falwell, uh, who created the Moral Majority, his political activism was uh, created by Dr. Francis Schaeffer. Pat Robertson, who I know and have uh, spoken for personally, uh, hosting numerous conferences at the 700 Club, his uh, activism was created by the biblical teachings of Dr. Francis Schaeffer. And we could go down the line with other major Christian leaders uh, the Christian Coalition that Pat Robertson founded, that Ralph Reed, uh, who you still see on Fox News, etc., uh, was very uh, busy mobilizing a Christian uh, movement called the Christian Coalition, and I know Ralph Reed and I know Pat Robertson. They were influenced by Dr. Francis Schaeffer, and I know I'm forgetting other key players. Oh, Dr. D. James Kennedy who I knew personally and endorsed my ministry, one of the most uh, influential Christian leaders in America, who is now going on to be with the Lord, was also influenced by Dr. Francis Schaeffer, as were numerous leading politicians at the highest level in Washington, D.C. So Dr. Francis Schaeffer was the Christian theologian who caused Christians, who challenged Christians to get involved in politics. And it was at that point that this alliance was made between the GOP establishment and uh, the so-called Christian right was was birthed, and the moral majority, etc. But um, there, there was even with Schaefer, and and Schaefer. Uh, well, what I'm going to tell you now is, uh, I don't think he would. He's gone on to be with the Lord, obviously, but I don't think he would mind me sharing. Uh, um, once inside information, I think his son 
has talked about it publicly, so I, I feel free to talk about it. You know, when the Schaefers went to uh, the White House to visit with uh, President uh, George Bush Sr., uh, Schaefer was very disturbed by the Bushes. He was very concerned. He, he was a very perceptive man, and he was very alarmed by what he saw. And I think Schaefer perceived that Bush political machine, that even though they espoused being born again and that they superficially espoused all these Christian values, I think Francis Schaeffer was perceptive enough to um, realize that what they were espousing and who they really were were two different things. Now, I'm only bringing this up for one reason, and that is to, to give people a brief history of how the GOP has recruited and energized and raised up uh, uh, a politicized evangelical movement for many decades. This they got behind Ronald Reagan uh, and many and many others. But the, uh, the 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 irony of this whole thing is that any other movement, let's say the gay movement um, or the uh, environmental movement or the feminist movement. Um, Whenever those movements make an alliance with politicians, they have the intelligence and the uh, wherewithal to demand that the political parties and the politicians that they give their support to belly up and pay them back and, and, and move forward the agendas that they believe in. So the left... And so the environmental movement and the gay movements and the feminist movement and the progressive movement, when they throw their weight behind any politician, they expect to be paid back by a vigorous, aggressive promotion and legislation of their values and ideas. But the evangelical Christian movement, and I'm going to say this because I'm from New York City and I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, and I'm Irish, but I grew up in an all-Jewish neighborhood, and the thing I learned growing up in an all-Jewish neighborhood was this, that you got to be, you know, smart. So, like, if you are going to do something for somebody, Jews know in their culture that you, you get something in return. That's the way the political system works. The evangelical Christian movement has been the unpaid mistress of the Republican Party for over 45 years or more. And what I mean by that is that the Christian movement has constantly been and being recruited now in, in the case of Ted Cruz and in the case of uh, Trump and others. Uh, Rubio must have talked about his, his faith in Jesus Christ eight times in the debate. It was so conspicuous. It was ridiculous. Why, the evangelical movement is the only... Uh, organized group in America that will give their blood, sweat, and tears, their allegiance, their money, their prayers, and their time to put a politician or a party in office, and then be satisfied with getting nothing but chump change in return. Now, that's a fool's game. So that's just a little bit of history. So going back to this particular thing, let's look at Ted Cruz and ask the question, is Ted Cruz this this great Christian candidate? Is he this man that, you know, is he who he says he is? Well, I'm not his judge. I can't make the final conclusion. And I'm, I'm willing to change my mind if he comes forward and actually addresses uh, the issues uh, that, that I'm going to raise. But you notice that Fox News Network and Mark Levin and Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh 
never address these issues. They completely gloss over them. But the people behind Ted Cruz, now this is the, the, this is the crucial area, are globalists. He has the backing of, of some of those powerful globalist um, um, billionaires in the nation. Uh, globalists that have connections or are part of the Council on Foreign Relations. Globalists that uh, bankroll open borders. Globalists that bankroll uh, Common Core. Uh, globalists that bankroll uh, many of the things that you and I uh, do not believe in, and we and we believe that it's wrong. Um, Ted Cruz has the backing of many of these globalists, and. Um, how can Ted Cruz be this virtuous Christian candidate, this champion of Christianity and Christian values, when his money is coming from, from globalism and powerful globalist sources? So the, the question I want to raise as people are thinking about, well, gee, who am I going to vote for? Uh, who do I trust? Um, as people are thinking of that, the question I want to raise is this. Look at the money of who's behind the various candidates, and look at the money behind Cruz. Now, at this, you know, I'm going to just take it from my article, The Globalists and the Left-Right Paradigm, but I want to give your viewers a, um, just a brief synopsis of the money behind Ted Cruz and the kind of things they support, and then uh, ask the listeners to uh, uh, decide for themselves who is who Ted Cruz really is so I'm just taking me a second to get to my notes here um, sorry for monologuing but I feel very passionate about this I really I really mm -hmm. weary of watching Christ evangelical Christians being sucker punched and I've yeah, seen nope. them be sucker punched for 45 years yeah and you know you Go mentioned ahead, what, what Ted Cruz says and uh, the other day last week Hillary Clinton went on to talk about her Christian faith in a town hall meeting and, uh, you know, her upbringing as a, I believe it was a Methodist or a Baptist, I think Methodist, but she talked about, you know, the importance and, and uh, it was a question from the audience, but, you know, it, it's interesting to see these candidates um, who will use Christianity to try to get the evangelical vote and, and very obviously um, you refer to themselves as, as you know bible believing christians and they can't i mean donald trump for example instead of when he was quoting a bible verse instead of saying second um corinthians, corinthians i believe it was yeah he said two or, corinthians i mean there's there's subtleties yeah. in their in their speech but, and, but, but even beyond that the bigger picture <laughs> paul and i think you'd agree with this and and you did such a great job with your article by the way the uh article being released today the globalists and the left-right paradigm, which, folks, if you go to HagmanReport.com, it links, you can you can read the uh, first part of the article, it links back to PaulMcGuire.us and News of These article. However, Paul, Christianity, much like Islam, has been weaponized by the globalists as a, right. uh, a tool of war, Christianity has been weaponized right. not as a tool of war, but as a, as a tool of politics here in this country. Mm -hmm. And right. I'm damn well sick of it. Sorry. And and people should be because because nothing changes nothing changes I mean you know you you look at this first of all uh, the Republicans have uh, become a majority 
and they have done nothing uh, to, 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 to repeal any of the legislation that we don't like. They've done, done nothing to hold people accountable. They've done nothing. It's always business as usual. So let's just look at some of the money behind Cruz, uh, just briefly in terms of a bullet point. And again, I'm not saying that uh, um, Trump may not have his own globalist alliances that will come forward sooner or later, but Cruz is going out of a way, out of his way to say, you know, that he's this pure uh, constitutionalist and this pure Christian. So, uh, number one, the super PACs who share uh, the title "Keep the Promise." that are bankrolling Cruz have raised over $31 million for Cruz. Now, one of the, the key uh, um, men behind uh, this money is from the elite Mercer family of New York, and, uh, and they are, are backing one of the PACs. Now, Robert Mercer is a, a hedge fund magnate uh, who was rep- reportedly the major financial donor to the 2016 presidential campaign of Ted Cruz. And uh, um, they uh, took out a poll which uh, lied and said Ted Cruz was second. And then uh, they are involved in what's called the uh, Club for Gr- Growth. And the Club for Growth and its partners and allies include a gentleman named Peter G. 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 Peterson of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. And Peterson is the Chairman Emeritus of the Council on Foreign Relations and former Chairman of the New York Federal Reserve Bank. Now, that means Federal Reserve Bank, Council on Foreign Relations, um, that, that's international banker. So who's back, backing Cruz? The international bankers. So how can you say that Cruz is this pure constitutionalist and this guy that is so virtuous? He's in bed with the CFR, whose goal is a one-world government, and he's in bed with the Federal Reserve and the international bankers. And, uh, you know... I, you know, people are all concerned about the superficial externals, like uh, d- did Trump uh, misquote Second Chronicles? Uh, um, you know, he, he used the number two versus. Right. Uh, you know, th- th- that's like 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 idiotic perception. I mean, if if if, if you're, you're looking, and, you know, just because Cruz uh, might be able to quote chapter and verse in the Bible, I don't see. Look, I, I don't see. Uh, Cruz's rhetoric matching up to the reality of who he is behind the scenes. And I, I want to make a suggestion, and that is uh, we have a disinformation machine, and this is what I really wanted to, to turn the light on. We have a disinformation machine that's very powerful, and it appears to consist of some of the leading conservative superstars on radio and TV, and it consists of uh, a magazine that is supposed to be conservative. And so you have Christians and conservatives hanging on every word of these uh, conservative superstars who, who bombastically uh, proclaim uh, what great constitutionalists they are and they're for our nation and blah, 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 blah. Well, what kind of conservative are they really if they're backing a candidate who is drinking from the from the wine of the Council on Foreign Relations and Federal Reserve bankers and the international bankers? We've got a big problem here. What I'm saying is I believe we have Manchurian candidates 
in the Christian, not, not, not the Christian, in the conservative superstar movement. And some of these candidates are, they, they own the evangelical Christians. Because they write books on Christmas, and they wear cozy little sweaters, and they quote Bible verses, and Christians are making their decisions based on the superficials rather than the reality. A guy says a Bible verse, and he, 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 he quotes the Constitution, and it's all exterior. It's all, it's all a show. But when it comes down to it, the people bankrolling these people are globalists. So um, if Christians are going to, and conservatives are going to insist upon being uh, naive despite uh, the evidence, you know, we're not going to be able to change the direction of this nation. And uh, I felt very compelled to write a new book uh, called Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, um, which I'm racing to finish now, and it's available for pre-sale on my website. It's all new. It'll be about 200 pages. It's all new. But the reason it, I feel so so driven to write it is because 2016, we're going to set in course where America is going, and that course is irreversible. But we can't set the course, and we can't have revival unless we have intelligent, sound thinking and discernment. And that seems to be uh, the Achilles heel of the Christian movement. Um, as we talk about the Great Awakening uh, with Jonathan Edwards and all those people, there was something very unique when the power of God hit America and rocked the 13 colonies. Not only was there the supernatural power of God at work in our nation, but there was also a revival and a Great Awakening of the intellectual dynamics of the intelligence, of the perception, of the logic, of the, re the reason, the knowledge of history, the sophistication of how uh, to set up a government with checks and balances based on the, the Bible. What we have in evangelical Christianity and what we've had for the last 100 years is the evangelical community is anti-intellectual, and therefore, it's always swayed by emotion. It's either the emotion a candidate gives them, or the feeling a candidate or a talk show host gives them, or or an emotion. But in the first Great Awakening, uh, yeah, they had emotion, but they also had intelligence. They had the ability to see through strategies. They could tell uh, that they were being used and manipulated, and they wouldn't allow it to happen. And therefore, revival had power because revival was not just the supernatural power of God. There was also the, the proper place of the intellect and reason and education and knowledge. And it's like uh, the, the Christian movement and the conservative movement is running an Olympic race as a runner, but one foot has been uh, cut off, and they're hobbling along with one foot called mystical supernatural experience, and God created you to have two feet, and one foot is the power of God, but the other foot is a redeemed mind, the mind of Christ, and that implies that you read, that you get off your butt and read, you read from multiple sources, and it shouldn't be just a guy like Paul McGuire telling you what's going on with Ted Cruz. You should have known it six months ago. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about all the people out there who are sucker-punched. You might as well be following uh, some guru uh, and involved in a mystical trance because you threw your brains out the window. And, you know, God saved you uh, to be in heaven.
heaven, but he also wants to, you to use the mind of Christ and wisdom. And I know this is tough talk, but we're talking about the future of our children and our nation, and quite frankly, I am tired of the gang that can't shoot straight getting up there and engaging in, in the most important decisions of our lifetime. Amen. And it's, it, it is so critical, Paul. I think you hit so many great points. Uh, first of all, look at the so-called, well, a lot of people will want to equate Christianity with, uh, conservatism. It's plain and simple. Or vice versa. We cannot do that. A lot of people, and especially Christians, to them, especially many Christians today, to them, perception is reality when we're, when we're saying no, no, no. You know, people, uh, will come away from a debate or, or from an issue or whatever it might be with a little information thinking that they have the entire story. It's not true. Look at Ted Cruz and, and, and all of this, even, uh, Paul, we did not even get into his constitutional eligibility under, um, yeah, Article right. 2, Section right. I mean, Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution. So, you know, uh, why? Because we don't want to acknowledge the rule of law with, with Cruz. Because, well, it, it, you know, he's our candidate. Well, <laughs> sorry, but for the reasons that, uh, uh, Paul has outlined, you better be questioning things. And, and folks, please read, uh, the article. You can go to hagmanreport.com. It's right there on the, on the top. It links you right to, uh, paulmcguire.us, his article about the paradigm. We are being lied to, and the Christians are being exploited, and the Christianity is being weaponized, not for military, but for political purposes here in this country, which will subjugate us. Paul, fantastic, uh, fantastic summation, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it's right on the money. It's, it's not an indictment, really, against, uh, or it's, I shouldn't say, it's not a, um, you're not campaigning for any one candidate. You're just exposing the truth about Ted Cruz and, and, and you know, the, right. the false and, and the thing, the, and the thing that I hear, you know, I'm not campa- campaigning for Trump, by the way, but the thing that I keep hearing, and I guess we're at the end of your clock, I want to be right. respectful of that, so maybe we should hold wow. it for the next session, but... I'm going to explain some things that people need to understand on, on making a decision and making a difference. But I, I'm telling you, I'm bombarded by Christians who should know better singing the praises of Ted Cruz. And, and I, I'm going to offend a lot of people, but my, what I'm reading the emails and I'm saying, where, where did you leave your brains? I mean, where did you leave your brains in the microwave? What happened to you? You know what I'm saying? It's like no research, <laughs> yeah. no thinking. And, yeah. and, or, or the research is, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide. And, exactly. and again, right. you, you right. know, it, it's just, we're, we're not approaching issues with the intellectual honesty. You know, we're citing uh, issues of faith and, uh, uh, as you say, leaving our brains out of it. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report, a very special guest, Mr. Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. Can't wait for his new book to be coming, uh, coming out. The updated version, expanded version of A Prophecy of the Future of America. Go to paulmcguire.us. We'll be right back. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two on this Monday, February 1st edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report, the night of the Iowa caucus. We have with us Paul McGuire. His website is paulmcguire.us. We're going to get back to him in just a second. Yeah, and folks, if you want to read his latest article, and, and it's required reading, I believe, for everyone listening to this program tonight, go to paulmcguire.us, or, or quite simply, go to hagmanreport.com. That's hagmanreport.com. There is the link directly to Paul's article, uh, Paul's article on News with Views. It's right there for you. But man, you got to read it because it exposes the mechanism, the machinery behind what we're seeing. See, we're all being gamed, ladies and gentlemen. We're all being gamed. Now, let me just say this before we get back to our guest. Um, um, agriterrorism in the United States. Is that possible? Is it, is it possible for agriterrorism to take place here? Well, let me tell you something. The Islamic terrorist attack that killed the 14 uh, Americans in San Bernardino has a much deeper story, folks. Than what was told by the establishment yeah. news media. I mean, there's more coming out, but they're they're very being much. subtle and, and they're not giving us the whole truth. Not at all. I've no. seen a few print articles that that start to, to dig, but then they they never get to uh, the full scoop. So, well, what's really important here, folks, and, and this is relevant to what we're speaking of. Uh, Saeed Farouk was a graduate of Cal State with a degree in environmental health, and note he was employed as a food facilities inspector. Okay, for San Bernardino County Public Health Department. Oh, that's a position of, of well, you can access just about any place. He spent most of his time each day inside restaurants and food processors. He routinely worked without supervision in kitchens, hotels, schools, colleges, anywhere where people eat, your kids eat. Nursing homes and many other kinds of facilities, and where where they prepare food and serve to large numbers of people, is it possible our food could be poisoned? How will people know which boxes and cans of food will contain poisons before it's too late? Well, Heaven's Harvest offers um, emergency food and water supplies, but they also want to help you become independent of these possible scenarios. And there's one way to do it, especially one way to do it on a long term basis: buy their heirloom seeds and grow your own garden. Now, look, you might think, well, man, that takes too much time. I don't have the room. I live in an apartment. I live in a trailer. I live in a condominium. I live with my, my Bronco. I live in my 71 Pinto. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, but you know what, folks? Look, any scenario, seeds are the way to go. And uh, from herbal to rural living, Heaven's Harvest Seeds are the answer to any type of scenario. Folks, these are the seeds the way God designed them. Go to HagmanSeeds.com. That's HagmanSeeds.com and order your bucket today. Okay? HagmanSeeds.com and order your bucket of seeds. Start thinking long term. Protect your future. Become self-reliant. Protect your family. Protect your loved ones. And become self-reliant. You need to do that. Every type of vegetable you could imagine, the seeds can be uh, reused over and over and over again. So go to HagmanSeeds.com. Folks, if you have a pen, here's a num- number, 800-516-4773. Let me tell you one more time, 800-516-4773. That's directly to HagmanSeeds.com, which they, they set up this this uh, special site for the seeds. So go to HagmanSeeds.com. When you go to HagmanSeeds.com and purchase your bucket, you'll get a 5% off the original price, and that 5% means a lot because of the profit margin here 
is little. So order today at HagmanSeeds.com. That's HagmanSeeds.com. Go to Hagman and Hagman.com. Click on the link on the bottom, and you take it right to our page there. Our guest tonight, Paul McGuire, Iowa caucuses, Cruz, Trump, et al. Okay, I mean, the system, Christians falling for the narratives. They're speaking, and, and I, I see this every single day. I, I Perception becomes reality. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, so it must be true. Yeah, you're being gamed. Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. Paul, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, let's rock. Thank you for, thank you for having me on. Um, <clears throat> I want to clarify something, and that is, if, you know, obviously I'm passionate about this, and I'm stirred up about this, and I, I want to explain for people who might say, well, why is he, why is he so energized about this? I'm energized about this, not because I, not because I have an investment in one candidate over another. And I'm, you know, the purpose of the article and my statements is not, is not to puff up Trump and to tear down Cruz. It's, it's to, it's to, uh, get to the truth so people can make up their own, own mind. I am very bothered by, uh, the superficial, uh, analysis people make when they're looking at the candidates, whether it's Rubio or Cruz or Trump. And I hear a lot of Christians say, well, you know, Trump, he's had who knows how many wives. He had an affair or whatever. And they're judging him on, on these superficial externals. Look, Trump is not uh, a committed Christian, okay? He's, he's not having this close walk with Jesus Christ. I don't think that he is. But it doesn't mean that God can't use him. I'm not saying he's God's choice. God's choice is a big difference. But people are judging on all the superficials, kind of like the Pharisees. Somebody puts on an outward show of piety and has all the right words and acts like a Christian, so he gets all the Christian votes. Somebody who's rough, uh, like Trump is, and, and uh, you know, obviously is nowhere near a perfect Christian, and they dismiss him over the superficials rather than dealing with the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is which candidate has the power, the intellect, the the uh, soul, if you will, to really make the, the, the changes we need in our nation. And um, um, I don't think a candidate who's owned by the globalists is going to make any changes. Now, um, we have the opportunity uh, to change things. But 2016, 2017, um, this is it. I mean, what we put in place in 2016 and spills into 2017 is essentially irreversible. You know, the the Messiah isn't Trump or Cruz or Hillary or whatever or Sanders. The, the Messiah is is Jesus Christ. But we we are responsible to uh, be involved in the political process and vote. And, and to participate, and the the people that we put in office are going to set the agenda. Let's talk about Sanders for a moment, because I meet a lot of people, uh, especially younger people from Christian uh, homes, who who um, really uh, connect with Sanders because on one level Sanders is engaged; he knows how to engage people, and he um, at least outwardly uh, doesn't appear to be the pawn of uh, the globalistic establishment and he he really energizes a lot of people who are Christians in a particular age group um, and many many young people from Christian homes uh, they're gravitating towards Sanders 
because they don't but they they don't make the they don't have the intelligence and I don't mean that to be dismissive uh to to understand that ultimately his world view which is communism will will collapse the United States of America it'll just we'll, we will be belly up as a nation because his philosophy is so fatally flawed and and again people are 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 uh, when you see him being uh, the people who support Sanders being interviewed it's all about you know the feeling that that he cares about me. I heard this one guy say, "Well, he was going to vote for Sanders because I feel he cares about me." Well, it's it's based on a feeling. Now, the other thing is um, when we go back to the, and this is before some people's time, but when we go back to the uh, election of uh, um, uh, President Bush. Um, and um, we go back a number of decades. Uh, Marvin Alasky uh, in World Magazine was asked the uh, question, who was the major figure behind the election and re-election of George W. Bush? And uh, Alasky said, Francis Schaeffer. And uh, Francis Schaeffer, who was a theologian, uh, had such a powerful influence um, um, Newsweek magazine called him the guru of fundamentalism, and he authored a book called The Christian Manifesto. But um, he he caused Christians to get involved in politics. But the thing is that when you talk to the Schaefers privately, uh, they they were very suspicious and wary of uh, uh, Bush, extremely wary. So let's go back to the election of uh, I call George Bush Jr who conveniently has a meeting with Billy Graham. It's very convenient. It's like scripted. And he has his little prayer with Billy Graham, where he, he prays, prays the center prayer. And I guess it's, what, six months before uh, he decides to run for president. But he very conveniently has a private meeting with Billy Graham, and now the entire Christian world knows that uh, uh, George Bush Jr. has prayed with Billy Graham and accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. So he's got the good housekeeping stamp of approval for evangelicals. So when he runs for the election, uh, everybody is saying, well, he's, he's born again. You know, he, Billy Graham prayed with him. He, he must be God's choice. Well, you can't vote for the president based on whether or not somebody prayed for Billy Graham and was born again or claims to be born again. That's all superficial. Because let's look at George W. Bush. Again, I'm not judging the man, but let's, 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 let's just look at, well, let's look at two things. We lost more of our freedoms and civil liberties under George W. Bush and his born-again, yeah, his evangelical, I got down on my hands and knees and accepted Christ, born-again Attorney General Ashcroft, who, who I'm, not, I'm not doubting the guy was born-again, but, but born-again, uh, but together as the Attorney General of uh, uh, President Bush, um, we lost more of our civil liberties and freedoms than under any other president, including uh, President Obama. Now, President Obama gets blamed for taking away all, all our freedoms, but our freedoms were lost before uh, Obama went into office by the Bush and his born-again attorney general. Now, the other thing is, um, this kind of illustrates what happens when you make superficial judgments. One of the first things that the, the born-again attorney general from Missouri, John Ashcroft, did 
when he took over the position as attorney general, there was a statue, I guess, in the lobby uh, of the government building, um, um, the Department of Justice. And in the statue, there was uh, some kind of uh, a woman uh, with the scales of justice, and she happened to be uh, topless because it was a not in a lewd sense. It was a classical statue, and classical statues, uh, women sometimes, you know, their breasts are exposed in these classical statues. It's not pornography. It's it's uh, comes from classical art. So. Ashcroft, being an evangelical Christian, and he he went out of his way to say that he didn't dance, you know, okay, and then he put a, I think he put a bra or or, or he covered the the breast on this the statue of justice in the Department of Justice. Now, to him that was that was moral virtue to cover a classical statue uh, of a woman, um, which was not pornographic. It was just a statue. Um, so so he has the outward show of piety. So this jazzed all the Christians. Oh, he must be a holy, righteous man, because he covered the breast of the classical statue of a woman in the Department of Justice. So they judge by the superficials. But meanwhile, Ashcroft was, was uh, a key player in taking away all of our rights. And I'm not saying for one moment that um, we didn't need uh, increased surveillance uh, and uh, organizational structure to deal with various threats. I'm not, I'm not saying that. We did need it. But there should have been checks and balances on it. In other words, you don't give people a blank check to take away all of your rights with no checks and balances. But Ashcroft, the born-again attorney general, and Bush, the guy who had his little prayer with Billy Graham, took away all of our freedoms. Now, but you say, well, that's unkind. No, that's true. We lost all our freedoms. Now, the other thing is, uh, you say, well, you're judging him. No, I'm, I'm just looking at his behavior. Since President Bush Jr. has left office, America has faced crisis after crisis. And my question is this. President George Bush Jr. has enormous influence. He, because of his power and prestige as a former president, he could have spoken out on all kinds of issues that could have benefited our nation. Uh, he could have spoke out uh, on, hap- on behalf of Christian liberties. He could have spoken out on behalf of the Constitution. He had the power to speak on out about all kinds of things. But he has essentially disappeared from public life after leaving the White House. Now, my question is, if you have a conscience, and you have the Holy Spirit inside you, and you have all this power and influence, how can you be silent and disappear from public life uh, once your term as president is over. I see a lack of morality there. And that's what people are not looking at. They're not looking at the real morality. They're looking at the, the superficials. So I'm saying these things not to attack or demean public figures, just to, to, to say uh, if we're going to make a, an analysis about somebody, it has to be deeper. Now, Dr. James Dobson, who um, founded Focus on the Family, is somebody I know personally. I know his wife, Shirley, personally. They've supported me in my ministry. I support them. We've partnered together many times on the National Day of Prayer. I have the utmost respect for Dr. James Dobson, and I know him personally. However, that doesn't mean he's perfect. So when Ted Cruz uh, very uh, conspicuously dropped the name that Dr. James Dobson had endorsed him, um, 
and using that as a validation that Christians should vote for him. I just want to remind uh, people who are Christians that just because Dr. James Dobson endorsed him, uh, Dobson may be a great man, but he's not a perfect man, and that doesn't abdicate you from the responsibility of doing your own homework. You shouldn't be voting for somebody just because some Christian leader or conservative leader told you to vote for them. You need to do your own homework. So that's just a challenge. But because America is in such a serious crisis, and because of what happens in 2016 and 17, uh, will essentially be ir- irreversible. Um, I've been working uh, night and day to to write uh, a new book, A Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017. It'll be 200 pages of new stuff. You can get it in pre-sale with the accompanying teaching DVDs on my website. I urge people to get it, not because I'm trying to sell a book, but because I'm trying to teach something. And I believe that if we will seize the time in this year and we will, uh, number one, seek the face of God in repentance, prayer, and ask him for revival, uh, we can see a great move of God on our nation. But number two is we have to uh, awaken our intellect and our God-given reasoning uh, faculties, and we need to, be, to think intelligently and effectively. So whatever course of action or whatever candidate we choose or whatever we embark upon, the key is not emotionalism. The, the key is not to make a big splash. The key is to be effective. The question is, is this course of action effective? Is this uh, candidate going to be effective? How can I be in my own personal life and, and in my influence in public life? What can I do to be the most effective? The, the, the goal is to be effective, not just to, to do something. Now, I'm going to illustrate uh, why this is important, and I discuss it a lot in my book, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017. <laughs> and it has to do with the area of the mind and thinking and having the mind of Christ and renewing your mind. But I want to talk about that for a moment in non-traditional terms and non-religious terms. And when I say non-religious, I'm not talking about non-biblical terms. Certainly what I'm talking about uh, is in biblical terms, but not in the traditional religious terms. So why is it that every other group in America... Uh, whether it's the homosexual uh, uh, lobby, whether it's uh, the transgender movement, whether it's uh, Islam, uh, uh, whether it's the environmental movement. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Why is it that every other movement is winning the hearts and souls of America, and especially young people, and young people are the key de- demographic? And currently, at, this, at the moment we speak, Uh, 96% of uh, kids from evangelical homes, 96%, by the time they reach college, 96% of kids from evangelical homes walk away from their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that is an exodus of unprecedented proportions. So what that means is that the United States currently is following the exact same trends uh, uh, as Europe. We're moving very fast into a socialistic state, and uh, uh, young people are essentially indoctrinated in socialism, and they don't have critical thinking skills, they have no knowledge of history, uh, they think they know it all, but they, they, they know uh, very little about anything. And uh, we are quickly becoming Europe. 
Now, right now, and I, t- I point this out in my book, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, Islam is taking over Europe. You have the forced migration of uh, uh, militant uh, Islam through the Syrian uh, uh, migration, and the purpose of that is to, and we've discussed this, Doug, the purpose of this is to shatter the social cohesion of Europe and uh, break down Europe and turn it into a warring, conflicting um, uh, series of nations that where you have uh, uh, essentially cultural warfare between uh, uh, religions and ideologies that cannot possibly live together in peace without some external dictatorial police force. So, so you now have the pretense to to usher Europe into a militarized police state. Right now, the, the the people in France are complaining. They say we don't want to live under martial law. This is not what the French Revolution was all about. But the problem is, once you invite in the tanks and the militarization, it doesn't leave. And the French uh, are waking up to the fact that they're they're living under a police state, and more and more of their freedoms are being taken away. Well, that isn't happening by accident. That's happening because their elected officials are deliberately, methodically allowing an influx of millions of militant Muslims from Syria who are gang-raping their women, gang-raping their women, Mm -hmm. raping their women, beating them up, and the politicians completely do not have to abide by the will of the people because they're under the the governmental structure of the European Union where the people really don't have any rights. And so Germany and France and these other nations are being flooded with millions of Syrian migrants who are raping and gang-raping their women. Now, this is intolerable. At the same time, uh, there are steps being made now, even as we speak covertly, to open the floodgates in the United States of America for militant Syrian migrants uh, males between the ages of 21 to 25 years old. And do you think for a second that they aren't going to start raping American women and God knows what else? I'm not, I'm not uh, attacking every person who's a Muslim. I mean, I know uh, tons of Muslims in L.A., uh, from Iran especially. They're capitalistic and they, uh, they, they want nothing to do with a nutty religion. But you're, you're, you're destroying, Europe is being destroyed on purpose and then they plan to destroy America on purpose. It's amazing how Sweden hasn't become the rape capital of the world due to the influx of migrants there. And you're exactly right, Paul. I mean, it's not going to stop in Europe. It's going to continue right in here through into America. And the worst part is, is we are bending over backwards to uh, make these um, refugees not only feel at home, but feel that this is their country from, you know, saying that the American flag is a threat to Muslims, uh, to, you know, allowing them to continue with the Sharia law. We had Dr. Bill Warner on last week, and he taught, and he, his website is politicalislam.com, where he got into the, uh, you know, different aspects of Islam and, and said basically, you don't have to adapt Sharia law in America. All you have to do is, be non-resistant to the cultural changes and bend over backwards and be politically correct towards Muslims, and then you're embracing it. This is civilization jihad, basically. Yeah. Well, you guys got it exactly right. So we uh, we allow this uh, influx of militant Islam 
into we have a civilization jihad and it's not accidental it's not because uh somebody is stupid it's not because this politician is dumb or that politician is dumb it's done deliberately because when you allow this migration of uh, militant islamics there is a civilization jihad the next thing you know you see sharia law established and it's used as a battering ram to destroy christianity and to to uh through dictatorial force uh force uh, a, a hyper political correctness where you would not be able to practice christianity openly or say that jesus christ is the only way the truth and the life and yet at the same time you're going to see uh, incredible uh special protections from those of the islamic faith so you know to put it bluntly uh europe is under siege right now and america is about ready to be under siege um because takeover um can occur when you infuse america with millions of migrants who are pushing for sharia law and as that conflict occurs um uh, people of the Muslim faith will be given a preferential status. One of the things I talk about in A, a Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017 is the concept of mega-mosques. And yes. people don't understand this here in the United States. But in Europe right now, there are uh, a number of mega-mosques where ten, these mosques have 10,000 to 15,000 people in them. And they, uh, in France and in other uh, European nations, uh, Muslim leaders are buying up uh, uh, very large Christian churches and cathedrals so they can have uh, Muslim mega-mosques. Now, um, in America, we're living under this uh, artificial delusion that Christianity is expanding because we have uh, many, many mega-churches in America. But these mega-churches basically consist of Christians who have been transplanted from other churches, the megachurches in America are not the product of evangelism or real growth. The megachurches in America are not the product of people being saved and coming to church, uh, uh, being saved and growing. They're, they're the product of a, a cannibalization of smaller churches. And so you're just shuffling groups of Christians from a, from a whole spectrum of small churches into a megachurch. So you have all these megachurches uh, across America, which per perpetuates the illusion that Christianity is vibrant and growing, when in fact it's shrinking. And um, very soon what you'll see in the next four or five years is the, the erosion and collapse of the megachurch, Christian megachurches. And here comes the rude awakening. You're going to see a, a reduction of Christian megachurches, but you're going to see in America very shortly the emergence of mega mosques and very very large mosques where you're going to see 10 to 20,000 people of the Islamic faith wor worshiping and uh, it's going to be a real wake up call uh to people in America and and, and Paul if if I can add to this in your books well mass awakening uh Babylon code a uh, little bit there, as well as a prophecy of the future of America, and and this is why I'm so excited to uh, I can't wait to read the updated and expanded version 2016 2017 of a prophecy of the future of America. I would recommend anyone, anyone, everyone to grab a hold of that book because your initial uh, I mean I believe that a prophecy of the future of America is really your seminal work. I mean it was the magnum opus of Paul McGuire, but but I'm you know I. I but but having said that, 
I think what what we really need to to really understand, Paul, as Christians, and and you 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 did uh, kind of hit well, you hit the nail on the head with this, and I, and I learned this from your work is in, in part is that yes, Islam is expanding. I mean, Islam has been used as a weapon since World War One, World War Two. I mean, if people, and of course, Nazi Germany, Nazis used Islam as a weapon. They couldn't use Christianity. They had to dilute it and, and twist it and distort it. But having said all of that, uh, people today, when they see Islam rising and they see this taking place, they tend not to take it to the next step to understand the real agenda here is to create a one world religion and, and to outlaw all three monotheistic religions being Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. It's, it's, uh, Islam is a, a, a means to an end in this case, and the end is to get everyone convinced that, that Muslims worship the same God as Christians, who worship the same God as Jews, and it's not the truth. But see, that's the means to the end, so um, we can establish a, a single religion that everyone must bow to, and that's the religion of the state. It's going to be a Luciferian agenda, the Luciferian agenda religion, and that's kind of the, the larger picture or a view from cruising altitude, as I like to say. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, well, no, you're exactly right. So, so the, the game plan here is to use is to deliberately uh, allow this uh, Muslim uh, migration in for the the real end game is not the uh, uh, momentarily it it appears the end game is the proliferation of Islam but the real end game is the destruction of Judaism Christianity and Islam and the creation of a new global religion that's that's the real end game. So uh, Islam is simply being used as a battering ram to destroy Christianity and Judaism. Uh, so a new global religion uh, can can be uh, implemented. So this, so the globalists are using it as a tool. Now in um, um, a prophecy of the future of America, 2016-2017, what what my my deepest concern is not only teaching people how to call upon the power of God uh, for revival and, and accessing the supernatural power of God and walking in the Holy Spirit and um, using the mind of Christ, but also teaching people how to uh, develop wisdom and perception and analysis and logic. And that's biblical. Now, why that's important, because, you see, if you have revival, or you have a great awakening, or God begins to pour out His Holy Spirit in a supernatural way, in a miraculous way, uh, so often the, these these moves of God become aborted because they either divert into some kind of false doctrine, or they, they just uh, unwind because of uh, foolishness and, and, and a lack of intelligence and, and, and wisdom. So unlike the First Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening, where, where uh, men and women of God, their intellect and their uh, understanding and their uh, 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 intelligence was also awakened, we need to do that in the, in the church, and that's why I wrote, or among anybody who wants to seek God, that's why I wrote the, the book Prophecy of America 2016-17. Now, here, here's the key point here. We can't, we are in the most critical time in our nation's history. I believe God wants to save our nation 
temporarily at least. I mean, we're in the end days, but temporarily. Um, but it's going to require not just God pouring out His Spirit as God's people repent and seek His face. We need we need a sovereign move of the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But but the other thing we need is we need to raise the level of our intelligence and wisdom and perception and understanding. It needs to be kicked up way, way up higher. Now, I'm going to give you an illustration um, of what I mean by that. Well, one illustration would be um, uh, the, 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 the low-level intelligence uh, that is uh, epidemic in the Christian culture, which which allows people to vote uh, for politicians based on uh, a feeling rather than doing any minimal amount of research into who they really are. That's that's symptomatic of, of a non-biblical thinking. It's symptomatic of a very low level of intelligence, and you can't change diddly squat thinking at that low level of intelligence. Now, the other thing is. Uh, and this is going to upset people, and I'm sorry for that. Um, this thing that happened up in Oregon with the Bureau of Land Management and the guy that got killed, I want to say first of all that I, you know, I am truly troubled and sorry that the guy got killed. Uh, I don't minimize that for a moment. Um, the only thing I have seen is the the aerial uh, photography, and I'm not an expert. And I'm sure that uh, photography from the ground would would reveal a lot more. But having said that, that I am not happy that the guy died, all right? Um, and I'm not uh, glossing over the pain and suffering of his wife, et cetera. But, but there has to be an honesty here. What occurred, and, and you really have to come to grips with this, um, what occurred is you had men... Uh, you know, good intentions are not enough. You have men who were not qualified to be leaders because they didn't have the spiritual maturity, they didn't have the intellectual discipline, they didn't have the ability to communicate. They were not leaders uh, in the statesman sense of the word. They were, were guys that that were on an emotional thing, um, and you can say, well, you're dismissing them. No, I'm not dismissing them. Maybe their cause was very valid, but their their choice on how they executed their cause was was uh, designed to fail from the beginning because they were using a very low level of intelligence and wisdom. In fact, they weren't using wisdom at all. The The entire game plan that they had, by their own admission, in my opinion, was suicidal. It was a death wish. I heard constantly you know, uh, comments that I'm prepared to die here, I'm prepared to die here. And so what they did, and again, I'm not glossing over the pain and suffering of uh, somebody who got killed, and uh, uh, time will tell what really happened there through the courts and stuff as people present evidence, I'm sure. But the, but the point is, when you deliberately play into the hands of people that want to uh, define you as a militant, wacky, crazy, anti-government extremist. Because nobody, the, the name of the game is to win the hearts and minds of the culture. Uh, the, the name of the game is to have a compelling argument in your lifestyle, in the way you present yourself, in your choice of words, that you win people in the mass audience in our culture. You win their hearts and minds because you're compelling and you're convincing. Going up there like a bunch of cowboys with guns 
you didn't win anything. You actually defined yourself uh, as an anti-government extremist, uh, gun-toting and happy to, co- to, 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 to carry a gun, with a death wish, because you kept talking about wanting to die. You are inart- inarticulate. You do not communicate your message clearly. And I know this is going to offend a lot of people, but I, it needs to be said. The, the senior Bundy may not have meant this, but he was caught on camera speaking, and the net effect of his words, this was, I don't know, a while back, was that he came off like a racist. He may not have been a racist, but for 98% of the people who were listening to him talk, he came off a, as, a, as a very rampant racist. I don't think that was his intention, but people aren't going to give him a second chance. He's not a leader. He's not a spokesperson. So if you're identifying with a group that was on a mission where they, the end game appeared that they were going to get killed, they were not effective in their communication. The vast masses of America, um, they didn't communicate their message. They didn't win the sympathy of America. They unfortunately died for nothing. And, I, you know, again, I know this is going to bother a lot of people, but this is like a plan that was destined to fail. This is, this is a lack of not using wisdom and, tel- and intelligence. This is a, a product of not being effective. There are more effective ways of dealing with these issues, such as the use of uh, publicity and the courts and all kinds of things that would have effectively communicated their cause. They could have effectively communicated their cause to millions of people and perhaps won over large numbers of people to be sympathetic to them. But the end result of what they did, and they can't blame it on anybody but themselves, was the, the, the general culture dismissed them as a bunch of anti-government extremists. They allowed themselves to be defined by the very rhetoric of the government. Now, I know, again, this is going to bother people, but this is not an example of an effective, intelligent strategy. That is an example of a, a strategy that actually, if the, if the enemies of their cause wanted to create a strategy to defeat them, then they, then they played out the script uh, perfectly well. They became actors in a script written by their own enemies because they became actors in a play where they uh, not only failed to communicate, they actually alienated the larger group of America that they may have won the sympathy of. And uh, again, I know that's you know people are probably you know, upset, that, but no, that, that's a very exactly, and that's a very interesting perspective. I, I just want to assure people. I mean, we, Paul, we've gone over this a couple of different uh, a couple of different programs, but but the way I look at it, Paul, real real quick, is this: um, the situation in Oregon. There's there's kind of two situations. There's the the takeover uh, or the um, uh, I'll just call it a protest. I'll leave it at that. That seems to be the, the least um, offensive word, uh, the most accepted word, the protest by the ranchers. that's actually still going on. And that, But then the other situation is the murder, and, and I use that word deliberately, of uh, Lavoie Finnegan. Now, there are two separate, if you look at it as two separate issues, the, the murder itself was 
when you look at this grainy evidence, you know, it's hard to tell what happened, but the FBI released it. Why did they release it? Because they, and it's my belief that they wanted to disparage and want to disparage those people who are patriots to say, look, this is what you guys did. And, we, you know, this happens with Christians. It happens with conservatives all the time. Paul, I, I believe that we oftentimes are our own worst enemy. And again, I, I'm not saying that this is the case here, but when you look at the cause, and then you look at the other situation, the separate uh, separately, the execution, I, and I'll say the execution of, of Mr. Finnegan, right. uh, murder. Okay, two sep- two entirely different things. You're right; they didn't articulate the, their cause very well, but and also, Paul, and I see this happening in Christian circles and conservative. You mentioned earlier that whole operation was infiltrated right from the beginning. It was infiltrated at the highest levels right from the beginning. And those people were played as the American people are being played. And folks, you've got to understand. Now, that does not excuse what happened on that road. And it doesn't excuse the FBI's behavior and the state police's behavior. But look at what, I mean, look at the perception. And to many, perception is reality. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Perception is reality. And, and as to the matter of infiltration, and I'm glad you brought this up, um, people need to understand that when they're looking at television images or film images or information or comments on the Internet or social media, uh, what is occurring now is a highly sophisticated operation of infiltration where it appears that uh, these are uh, individuals making comments or showing videos or whatever, but what they really are is they're plants to derail, uh, to tear down, um, and they do it in China. I mean, China, you, you can see the news footage of China. China actually has war rooms where they have hundreds of people sitting in front of computer terminals uh, going into chat rooms, uh, going into social media, pretending to be these fictitious individuals and targeting and tearing down individuals and messages they don't like. And people need to wake up in America and understand that the Internet and social media, as well as television uh, and radio, is being manipulated. So it's everything from where uh, the Google rankings are. It's it's everything to the, the, the fictitious number of hits or, or ratings are being manipulated. Uh, and it's everything from, you know, some person with some fictitious name uh, striking out and attacking somebody or attempting to discredit somebody um, from from who knows where in the country. But they're not really acting independently. They're, they're financed or they're operatives for a larger operation designed to tear down uh, groups and people that... Uh, um, don't agree with the, uh, the the globalist agenda, and if, if Christians and conservatives don't get savvy to that, and if they continue to permit it uh, to allow their ranks, especially in social media, if they continue to allow people to just emerge in chat rooms and other areas who take uh, sniper shots uh, and make these wild accusations against people who are uh, actually leading people and influencing them, people need to wake up and recognize that there needs to be some self-policing, um, and and you have to deal with it because it's because people are infiltrating social media, and you think it's just Joey from I don't know 
Kansas making this comment. But Joey from Kansas is really a girl who works for a particular Soros financed operation. So, you know, that's right. It's time to grow up. Amen, brother. And and they target anybody who's making a difference and anybody who's making a change, they target. Oh, of course. And, 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 yeah, they infiltrate, they they, uh, obfuscate, and, and they just, it's. I've never seen it this bad ever, and I know the wild or the um, internet's like the wild west, but I've never seen the level of infiltration, and, and then the obfuscation of the facts, the vilification of people, and the hitting and running. It's like a hit and run all the time. Now you can tell the trolls, but but then you've got these people who are deeply embedded. And folks, I reported on this uh, this under the Obama regime, Barry Satoro. The cyber warriors? The cyber warriors. I told you, and I reported on this at HomelandSecurityUS.com, DHS Insider Poison, yeah, a couple of years ago. And, and, and these are people that, that are working for this particular madhouse regime. Go ahead, Paul. Well, yeah, and people need to um, uh, be aware of that and... and, and uh and kind of like close ranks and understand that we are in an intellectual, spiritual, cultural battle, and people want to, if you're making a difference and if you have any position of leadership, you're going to be attacked. But people who um, um, are reading this need to to understand the difference uh, between uh, somebody who's speaking out legitimately or people who just take these these shots at people um, and lie. Just flat out lie, but nobody, but, but but the lie stands out there because nobody's there to challenge them, uh, and I have no inclination to challenging anybody. I could really, you know, care less. I got my own things to do. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, it seems like it seems like there's a lot of people with a whole lot more time on their hands than we got. So go ahead, sir. Yeah, no, no, you're exactly right. I'm busy, you know, um, uh, wrong or right, misguided or whatever. Let let the Lord be my judge. I'm busy. My life is all about uh, running the race for the Lord. I know I have a limited amount of time on earth, and I know I'm accountable. I know that Paul McGuire, see, I know in my heart, and I, I sense that you guys do too, and many of your guests do, I know that in my heart that when I depart this biological machine, this mortal body, and my spirit leaves my body and I go to heaven, as a, as a Christian and as a teacher, a Bible teacher and a minister and a teacher of Bible prophecy, I know that even though <clears throat> I'm saved by grace and I'm truly born again, I know that I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ where I will be rewarded for what I did uh, for the Lord. And everything that I did for self or ego or vanity or whatever will be uh, uh, burned up like wood, hay, and stubble. And I'll get into heaven, but but all the stuff that was impure will burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. Now I fear God. Um, I fear Him uh, because He. I know that He's God Almighty, and um, I am accountable to God. I'm not accountable to some uh, uh, fictitious person using a fictitious name uh, who's attacking me on, on on some chat room from Transylvania. I'm not accountable to them. I'm accountable to God. So when the day is done, let let God decide. I'm running the race for Jesus. Uh, I'm using my gift of life while I have it. Uh, my motivation is love, pure and simple, because um, uh, I have children. Many of the people listening have children, or just for the people listening who don't have children. Um, if we don't uh, get in the game and change the direction of America, I can tell you, and I know both of you guys know this, um, that 
that with mathematical certainty, um, the thing about totalitarian states is that um, they, they like what's they they happen through trends. I mean, Nazi Germany did not become Nazi Germany in the snap of a fingers. There 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 was a progression of things that happened, and then it then it hit an acceleration phase, and then then it was Nazi Germany. The same thing with the Bol- Bolshevik Revolution and Communist Russia and Chairman Mao and the other place where there's been totalitarian takeovers. So right now in America, there's some very, very dangerous trends that if these trends are not redirected legally and law-abiding and peacefully and intelligently, we are moving into a totalitarian state. And that totalitarian state uh, will deprive people of freedom, of liberty, of the richness and beauty of life, and you will have an all-powerful state, and this is what some of the political candidates want. Uh, They'll choose uh, what job your child has. They'll give your child a test when your child is six months old, or let's say a year or two years old. The, the, The government will give your child a test, and they will determine your child's career path. Well, that's horrible bondage and cruelty because people change, and you can't determine at one or two years old uh, what a child should be for the rest of their life, and, and nor should any government have a right to do that. But that's what they want to do. That's just one one uh, example of the kind of uh, totalitarian slavery we're about to enter. The other is this. You know, we have a whole generation. You know, that has. Uh, uh, very expensive cell phones and iPhones and uh, iPods and computers and stuff, but they're about to see their 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 economic well-being uh, uh, deteriorate and America become a third world nation with very oppressive poverty and health care. I mean, you must be drunk. You must have chewed down an entire bottle of opiates as you would have chewed down a bottle of Flintstone vitamins, uh, and and, and you're like in delirium if you think that you're going to have first-class quality health care. You idiot. You know, people say that's offensive. Well, I'd rather call you an idiot now and maybe save your life. Health care in any totalitarian society um, is all about rationing. Uh, It's all about euthanasia. It's all about uh, cost efficiency. And it's all about providing you the cheapest uh, health care possible, not the best health care possible, the cheapest. So you're going to see the quality of health care deteriorate. A lot of people with sicknesses and diseases, teeth. You're going to see in America people, their teeth falling out, uh, really horrible eyeglasses, walking with canes. And you're going to see a whole epidemic of problems that you see commonly in third world nations. Um, you're going to see in America very shortly because... Uh, the, the quality of health care will be rationed. And so people won't get the dental uh, care they deserve or, or the knee surgery they deserve or all the other things uh, that they currently uh, can afford. So because I care and I don't want to see people move into like a totalitarian slavery where they lose all their freedoms, and Christians will be bitterly persecuted, by the way, in this new environment, because I care, I'm running my life to make a difference and for the Lord, and uh, that's that's the motive of everything that I do. So if somebody criticizes me, you know what? I don't. I really don't care. I really don't care. I, I don't care about being criticized. I'm busy doing what I'm uh, I'm supposed to do. God knows my heart. 
I'm not going to be judged by the other person. The Lord will judge me, and he's quite good at judging and yeah. deciding. Yeah, and I didn't mean to over-talk either or attempt to. Uh, but but you know what, Paul? What we're seeing today, especially in the in the Christian circles, and, and, and you're, you're exactly right. It does not matter what uh, what anyone really is saying about any one of us. But when you, when you take a couple of steps back and look at the landscape, of of the truth telling a- apparatus, or you look at the landscape of the the Christian um, uh, the, the Christians who are trying to uh, consistently get the you know the, win people over to to Jesus Christ. Okay, we, we see we see infiltration, but we see, we also see um, the, the the takedown is not an innocent. Um, it's not as innocent as as it would appear. It, we're we're, be, we're being infiltrated and we're being uh, maneuvered. I, I'm not sure how to how to say that. It, it's a prof, it's, it's a professional infiltration and takedown. And, and I don't mean to sound hyperbolic about this or, or you know say this with hyperbole because none is necessary. But I really think that we are at a, at a very crucial point where there's this mixture, this combination of of dare I say artificial intelligence or or something that that is that is really Pushing this, alternating this mindset of, of Americans, conservatives, and Christians included, and especially to to galvanize people against one another. Does that make sense? I mean, because you write about oh, this. Oh no, no, no! It absolutely makes sense because what you're, the territory that you're treading into is the territory of, uh, especially through social media, the internet, but also TV and uh, other media. Um, you have uh, computers. <clears throat> Uh, that can uh, elevate or uh, make disappear certain ideas and people and belief systems. They become minimized or, or distorted uh, through computer programs. I'll give you a quick example. Notice um, that in certain YouTubes among people that are conservatives or Christians, you'll see pictures because the way YouTube works and some of the other social media, they'll randomly select a sequence and put that out as kind of like the uh, display photo. But notice as you look at the Internet how many distorted pictures you'll see of people who are conservatives or Christians uh, who don't hold to politically correct views. You'll see distorted pictures of them. Now, those, those are computers that have facial recognition programming. Oh, man. Hold that, Paul. Oh. Paul, I'm sorry, buddy. We're up against the top. A hard sure, break no here. Problem. Folks, no you're listening to the Hagman and Hagger Report on this Monday, February 1st, 2016. We'll be I right back with our guest, Mr. Paul McGuire, his website, paulmcguire.us. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour of this Monday, February 1st, 2016 edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live as the Iowa caucus results are starting to pour in, and uh, 
interesting interesting first numbers as we uh, see them come in. Anyway, we're not going to take any more time from our no. guest tonight, Mr. Paul McGuire, his website, paulmcguire.us. And um, he's working on a uh, his new book or a, a continuance of A Prophecy of the Future an of America. Update. Yeah, an update. And, Paul, I have not had the chance to watch the videos on your website. And, folks, go to Paul McGuire's website, paulmcguire.us. He's got four videos up there uh, pertaining to the update of The Prophecy for a Future of America 2016. You know, Paul is such a great author and such a great speaker. Uh, I just love his books, every one of them. Mass Awakening, fantastic, A Prophecy of the Future of America. I cannot have enough copies. I've got, seriously, in my home, I, I've got, uh, I think I've got <laughs> four copies. In every room. Yeah, really. I, and I'm serious. Anyone that comes over, uh, sees that and, uh, Mass Awakening as well, but his new book coming out. And we're not, this is not false flattery. I mean, this is just important information that needs to get out. And everything that Paul writes about is, I mean, Paul sees the bigger picture, and that's PaulMcGuire.us. And there's the the day the dollar died. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great book yeah. as well. Um, but I just we're just uh, waiting with the, uh, you know, I just can't I can't wait for the updated version. Pre-orders being accepted. Go to PaulMcGuire.us. Before we get back to Paul, I want to mention portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. Let me tell you something, folks. All things survival related. Now you. You cannot, you cannot buy, for example, the Thrive brand, uh, freeze-dried food. You cannot buy the Thrive brand, which is really to me the Cadillac of long-term sorbal foods anywhere else for any less, uh, expense than at AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's a long way of saying they got great prices. AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. Now, they also have a fantastic Christian and veteran outreach program. They do more things for people that you'll never see or hear about because they don't wear their generosity and, and, and their um, Christian uh, ways on their on their arm, okay? I mean, it's or on their chest. Or they, they, they don't brag about what they do, but I've seen what they do. And, of course, their veterans outreach program, just renowned for helping veterans. In fact... They are helping veterans go to the Hear the Watchman conference in Dallas next month already. Mm-hmm. And folks, if you haven't gotten the tickets, okay, now check out AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. They've got a very, very special package as well for a limited time. Um, now having said that, I just want to mention this real quick and, and we're going to have the offering up on our website about American Survival Wholesale. But let, let me just say this, um, the freeze dried or long-term storable bananas for example the banana chips i love them okay uh, unfortunately so does lady the studio dog um we had a little wrestling match i think it was friday over the the she knows when i take the uh, pantry size uh, um, a can of freeze-dried bananas she knows when i have them and I don't know if she can smell them or whatever. She knows. The, I think she knows the looks because she came running over and man, she knocked she knocked the uh, the the cap off the the can. And and uh, I of course you know, she's just over a year old now. But I got to tell you, she really loves them as much as I do. So anyway, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, Christian-owned, veteran-owned, can't get any better than that. PaulMcGuire.us. Paul McGuire is our guest tonight. Paul, thanks for uh, th- thanks for your patience. Now, before the break, we were talking about the 
um, the, the professional infiltration, the American or the uh, artificial intelligence, if you will, um, the the gaming of the numbers, the the, the deliberate uh, massaging of images and such on YouTube and oh, it's all over the place. If you want to continue there, or just take it where you want to go. Well, yeah, this is uh, important important stuff because. Uh, in addition to to the spiritual battle that we're facing, we we are in an Orwellian world in relationship to uh, internet technology and social media. So, what that means is that the internet is constantly evolving, social media is constantly evolving, but there are let's call them hidden controllers um, um, behind the internet. So when people see any visual image or they look at uh, internet rankings or the number of hits uh, or where articles are placed or whatever. This is all being manipulated and controlled um, by uh, sophisticated computer algorithms that, that don't require human interference. And so let me spell it out for people. Um, if you want to discredit um, uh, uh, people who speak out, let's say, against any, any particular topic, let's say you want to discredit people who challenge the, uh, the, the pseudo-theory of uh, global warming, and you want to discredit them, you can create a computer program very quickly using facial recognition, and it can sift through, uh, let's say, millions of images of people uh, in the uh, Internet, and through facial recognition technology, it can cherry pick uh, images, uh, the, the most uh, unflattering images, um, or even goofy images, um, you know, when people take selfies or whatever, of every single person who has done a blog or a website or spoken out against climate change. So the next thing you know, without anybody ever realizing that it's happened, through facial recognition technology, uh, you have uh, thousands and thousands of pictures of people who have uh, uh, spoken out against climate change, but all their pictures are subtly or, or blatantly distorted. So they look, you know, in the most flattering uh, uh, photographs. And now nobody's realized that's happened, but you, what you've done is you've changed the uh, visual profile of the spokespeople who are um, um, challenging climate change, and then you can take the same facial recognition technology, <coughs> and you can find um, through computers the most flattering uh, pictures of everybody who is speaking out in favor of climate change. And what you've done just on the on the pictures of people who write articles and speak out is you've changed the the physical appearance of the people criticizing and the uh, physical appearance of the people. Uh, promoting climate change, and that's being done as we speak. I see that done uh, with YouTube and, uh, and other uh, social media. Um, the, the YouTube or other the, the other social media will randomly cherry pick unflattering images and post them, and ignore um, regular normal images. And I see it being done all the time. Also, rankings. Uh, the, the ranking numbers you see, the amount of hits you see are being manipulated. When you uh, go through Google search or uh, some of the other search engines, Bing or whatever, whatever you use, and you type in a question or a name or whatever, they choose, and it's not on the basis of hits, they choose who gets front and center. Uh, you know, when you first type in a name or something or a topic, um, what will come up first? The people that are, uh, uh, 
uh, say climate change is a reality, of course they'll come up first. And then you might have to go six or seven pages deep in the search engine to get to the people who challenge climate change. Well, you add all this stuff up, you add all this trickery up, and you have an Orwellian attack and rigging of the Internet. Now, you compound this with what they're doing in China, where they actually have war rooms. The government has war rooms in China where they have... Uh, Huge numbers of people sitting there in front of laptops who are infiltrating social media, infiltrating chat rooms, um, and pretending to be who they're not. And they're taking down through arguments or criticism or sarcastic uh, comments or false accusations uh, people who don't hold to the uh, government-approved uh, government, uh, viewpoint of the communist Chinese government. So we need to recognize that what we're seeing in uh, the Internet is being manipulated and gamed and rigged, and we need to uh, uh, not just take everything at face value. We need to actually uh, position ourselves around it and, and to take a leadership position, because there's a warfare going on, a very intense warfare. Um, um, I'll, I'll give a case in point. There's a major news network right now that, that probably considers themselves the leading cable news network. Now, they, they haven't talked about their ratings, but based on the content of um, uh, what they've been doing in terms of uh, handling, let's say, Trump, and again, I'm not promoting Trump as a candidate, but because they've taken basically an attack position of them, it doesn't take much to figure out that their ratings have probably crashed significantly. But you'll never hear that. So who's artificially propping up the ratings of news organizations that are dying? Because, because that news organization is dying. It is taking a hit. But there's no, there's no measurable evidence of it. So somebody's rigging the game. That's what I'm trying to say. You got yeah. that right. And just a news update here about the Iowa caucuses. The um, butterflies that Chris Matthews are, are feeling, apparently, judging by the Twitter feed, still there, much like the thing about the leg. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry for that. I, I, no, I'm not. I, I just, I just have to, have to say that because just incredible, uh, just an incredible, uh, 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 gaming of, of the perception of the people. Right now in Iowa, I'll just give you an update here. According to the Associated Press, which is, we know, well, they're just so right on the money, right? Democratic caucus candidates Hillary Clinton with 224 votes, 51.5%. Bernie Sanders, 209, 48.0%. Ted Cruz on the Republican side, 7,167 votes at 30%. And Trump coming in at 27.2% with 6,515. It's important to note that 19% on the Republican, uh, 19% reporting on the Republican side and 41% on the Democratic side. Well, from those numbers, it sounds like every Clinton supporter in the country voted in Iowa. Well, perhaps. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. And, uh, Very interesting. Right ins for me. Look, you know, if nominated, I will not run. I'm just, uh, I'm just joking. But, uh, Paul, go ahead, sir. Well, um, it's important what happens in Iowa, uh, because it's important choosing the, the, the candidate. But what happens in Iowa is, is not, it's not the end game here. Um, what I want to talk about is, uh, uh, the reality that what happens in 2016 um, is going to uh, essentially determine the direction f for our nation and 2017. And it is critical that uh, people get in the game and accept responsibility. You know, every single person has to accept 
responsibility for for the way the nation is and for what's happening. And nobody can uh, um, indulge in the luxury of saying, well, you know, I'm not responsible for what's happening to our nation. I want to go back to this uh, idea of love and the Bible's commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself and that God is love. Now, if we really love our neighbor as ourselves and we really love God, then we can't look at our nation, which is the the primary uh, nation which stands for freedom uh, in the world today. And and again, that has to do with the the Christian form or, or biblically based form of government we have, which goes back to this, this the, the powerful truth in the Constitution and the Bill, Bill of Rights, uh, which makes us unique. And our Constitution says that that the Creator. Uh, and I'm adding the word God, gave us certain inalienable rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which simply means that it is the Creator. It is God that gives us our our God-given rights. It's not man that gives us our rights. Therefore, no government or man has the right to take away uh, the rights that God has given us. Now, that is unique, because there's no other nation on planet Earth that has a government run on that uh, belief system. The, all the other governments, including the proposed one world government of the United Nations, is based on the opposite. Uh, they, they do not acknowledge that the Creator gave man certain rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They say that man and man's government uh, gave people certain rights, like the UN uh, rights that it allegedly grants people, or the European Union rights. But the problem is, is that in every man-made government, which is humanism, where man gives rights to the people, man changes his mind in a couple of years and ends up taking away all those rights. That's why every single revolution in in the last 200 years, or, or human history, every single revolution which was based on humanism, or man giving other men rights, like the French Revolution, like the Communist Revolution, which promised a worker's paradise, like the United Nations uh, plan for a global government. Every one of these nations has in the past, or will in the future, such as the European Union, end up taking away more and more rights, and taking away more and more freedoms, until people are left with uh, basically nothing. They will be slaves to the state uh, because government, as man, can change their mind. Now, our Constitution is different than that because it says God gave us our rights. So it's important we understand that because that underscores the importance of preserving America because America, despite its faults, is the only legal governmental platform or society on planet Earth that, that has created the space or environment to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim a biblical worldview to other nations, and to influence the world for Jesus Christ. Only America can do that. And you, people, I can see people who don't really understand saying, well, other people can do it. No, they can't do it because their governmental structure and their laws prohibit them from doing it. So America is important in the plan of God in the end times. America is the most important nation on planet Earth right now when it comes to the plan of God uh, for the world in the last days. Now, that is why, since God gave us America as a gift through the pilgrims and Puritans who entered into a covenant with God 
uh, based on the covenant that the children of Israel made with God. And by the way, I'm leading a tour to Israel April 17th to April 28th uh, called Passover in Israel with Paul McGuire. And if people want to join me, they can go to my website. Uh, it's, it's more than a tour. I'm going to teach the Bible uh, in Israel, but we're there for a divine assignment to pray for the nation of Israel and um, engage in, in spiritual warfare in kind of the epicenter of global global conflict conflict, but it's, you know the tour in Israel is not going to be about global conflict. <laughs> we'll be teaching the Bible, and I hope people will jo- join me. It'll be safe. People keep saying to me, "Aren't you afraid to go to Israel?" Absolutely not. It's the safest place on earth because they they are on top of their game when it comes to terrorism, and uh, it's not like the United States where like you know uh, I feel far less safe in the United States. Israel is on top of its game, so the tour in Israel is safe. Uh, and safer than they would be in the United States. I mean, look at San Bernardino. You would think that would be safe in California. It wasn't safe. So I hope people uh, will join me with the tour in Israel coming up soon. Now, back to this plan for America. If we we, we have a choice, we either, those people who claim to be um, followers of Jesus Christ, we either obey the Lord, accept our responsibility, and accept our assignment, and get in the game, and not only receive the power of God, but but use the intelligence and wisdom that God wants us to have, we can change the direction of the future to whatever degree that God allows us to. Um, That's how important it is. But if we stay out of the game, if we go out there in la-la land, if we refuse to, to... If we refuse individually, and I'm talking to every single person listening, if you refuse, the Bible says, Looks like you got cut yeah. off there. Yeah, we we might have lost Paul just temporarily, <laughs> and he'll so, yeah, yeah we'll have him right back. Stand by we while we uh, work to get him back. Uh, just want to let people know Iowa caucus results as of nine twenty three p.m. Eastern time. Republican caucus: Ted Cruz twenty nine point nine percent with ten thousand four hundred five votes. Donald Trump ninety three oh five. Saved us uh, from permanent uh, deafness. And if I can do this, the NBC uh, had a poll yesterday that this is the latest poll I could find before the voting actually started, which showed Trump uh, had over 28% and cruised to 23, and that'd be the uh, final numbers. And Clinton, um, Sanders over Clinton, 45% to 42%. You know, my, my wife, before I left for the studio, she said, do you understand the Iowa caucus? I said, yeah. You know you know why? Because I watched a Lego, uh, a, t- a two-minute video, and it was actually Lego. Uh, they did it with Legos and explained it. See, that's how I, um, that's the only way I'm able to understand the political uh, machinations here of the caucuses. Or is it cockeye? Plural. Just, just asking, you know. Anyway, uh, but, but yeah, I, I had to watch the, watch the little Lego demonstration explanation. Paul McGuire back with us. PaulMcGuire.us. That's PaulMcGuire.us. Visit his website. Paul, sorry about that. Somehow hey, we got the. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know yeah. what happened. Anyway, uh, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So the idea is that, um, when we, uh, study and sharpen ourselves up and, make our perception uh, razor-like and we develop the mind of Christ in us and we renew our minds with the Word of God, 
the idea is that we should think more intelligently, clearly, our perception should be enhanced, and therefore everything we do in life should be more effective, more fruitful, and more productive. So how does that happen? Well, the, the only way it happens is that we have to expose ourselves to either uh, literature, articles, books, uh, uh, messages, uh, uh, certain television, uh, film, music, conversations with other people. We have to expose ourselves to sources of information that force us to, to raise up the level of our intelligence and perception and understanding. You see, if, I'll be blunt. If we surround ourselves with idiots, you're going to be an idiot. If you, surround, if you go to a church of non-thinking people that are in a, in a trance, then you are useless, but that's your fault because you're not exposing yourself to, to input that challenges you. Now, I want to focus in on that. It's so important that we focus in on input that challenges us, iron sharpens iron, and forces us to grow. It's like if you go to a gym and you're overweight and, and, and whatever, you want a trainer that's going to kick your butt and make you do the exercises that you wouldn't normally do. Like a good trainer is going to force you to press you to the limit so that you can grow and achieve whatever goal you want to achieve uh, physically, whether it's weight loss or cardiovascular or whatever. If you just sit there eating donuts uh, in, in the waiting room of, of the gym, well, nothing's going to happen. So you have to be forced. You have to be confronted, iron sharpens iron, in the area of your not only your body, your mind, and spirit to be effective. So right now, the Christian culture, uh, Jesus Christ said, occupy until I come. He meant spiritually. I was referring to the pilgrims and Puritans. God gave us the gift of America. Yeah, we, we messed up with the African Americans, uh, with the slaves. We messed up with the Indians. We've messed up with abortion. We've messed up in a lot of areas. But God still has a plan for America because we're the only nation, despite our imperfections, that has the power to proclaim the gospel. And that's not just the saving message of Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing. But the, but the Bible says, make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say make disciples of all individuals. It says make disciples of all nations. What does that mean? Communicate to the other nations of the world a biblical worldview. What is a biblical worldview? Well, part of it is salvation, but a biblical worldview is like a pie with many slices. The most important slice is salvation. But understanding of uh, marriage and sexuality is another important slice. Understanding of economics is another important slice. Understanding of geopolitical matters, organizational matters, and business matters is another important sl slice. Because the truth of God's Word has an enormous amount to say, not only about salvation, but the power to get wealth. God gives us the power to get wealth if we'll listen. So we have to expose our minds to, to an intensity of information and knowledge that will force us to rise above the level of stupidity that is the norm, the new norm in the American culture. Now, I'm going to be very blunt and very specific. The new norm in the American culture is to be comfortably stupid, semi in a trance state, passive, uh, go along with the flow, 
uh, have a collective uh, uh, mindset and not really having a cutting-edge mind that can raise to the level of superior thinking. That's the norm. That's where the media wants to suck you into the whirlpool of that kind of passive, uh, insepid, uh, semi-moronic level of thinking. Well, the only way you're going to be able to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish before the foundation of the world, the only way you're going to be able to release your destiny in God is you have to expose yourself to a level of personal confrontation from the Word of God and other stimulus intellectually through literature, through books, through messages, etc., that's going to force you to escalate the level of your thinking, the level of your intelligence, the level of your perception above the norm. Because if you're going with the flow of the norm, then you're just, a, a, you're just like, you're, you're useless because you're like semi-moronic. So, in this critical hour, 2016, this is why I wrote, uh, a prophecy of the future of America 2016-2017 and why I want people to get it and the DVDs. It's not because I want to sell product. I could, if I wanted to sell product, I would just sell product. I, I'm putting in the book and the DVDs an amplification what I'm, of what I'm sharing now. The motive is love. If we do not win the... the uh, the programming for the battle of the future in 2016 to 2017. If we don't win it now, because in every military battle, and this is a spiritual battle, there's a window of opportunity. We have a win God has given us a window of opportunity now in America to change the game at least temporary, uh, temporarily for the future. We've got an opportunity, and. We have an opportunity to affect America through the election, assuming we have the God-given brains to vote for the right candidate. Um, and we have an opportunity at this point, at least for now, to change the direction of America. At this moment, we still have an opportunity. That window is going to eventually close with laws. They may outlaw the Internet, freedom of expression on the Internet, where everything that you say that isn't politically correct becomes hate speech. Well, then, game's over. You can't communicate. If they destroy the Internet, there's no possibility to affect change. If they get rid of programs like yours, the Hagman and Hagman Report, which offers far more compelling information than the largest cable news network that's fair and balanced on television, what people need to understand, it's not so much what they say on these uh, news networks, it's, the, it's what they choose, it's the news they choose not to cover. It's all the information, it's all the stories that have such vital importance that they choose not to cover, and that on a daily basis, they will cover the most insipid, inane stories, like this mother who ran across the Mexican border because her drunk son ran somebody over. The media will be obsessed with that. That is a that is a mind occupying. Uh, it, it's a, it's a stupid story. It has nothing to do with what's happening in America. But by omitting all kinds of information, why not talk about genetically modified foods that are poisoning people to death? There are a thousand stories of vital importance, but the media ignores these thousands of stories of vital importance to give you the same drumbeat propaganda from channel to channel to dumb you down. But you listen to the Hagman and Hagman report, you're going to be, you're going to be experience a riptide 
of diverse information from challenging thinkers who will shake, rattle, and roll your consciousness for the purpose of growth. And that's what it's all about. If you want to stay in the safety zone, then get a pair of diapers and sit in a cradle or a corner and, you know, and, and be a little kid the rest of your life. 2016, if you say you love your children, if you say you love God, then you're either in the game or not in the game. And to be in the game means you've got to actually get up, call on the power of God, use the mind of Christ, and then iron sharpens iron. You have to do whatever it takes to get your mind up to speed to be able to be effective. So whether you're going to get my book, uh, A Prophecy of the Future of America, 2016-2017, that's an avenue for you to do that. Okay, if you don't want to do that, fine. Then find another effective avenue. I have free articles. There's other stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there. Find something that will challenge you. Find something that will give you the precise knowledge you need to not only be effective in your own life, but to be effective changing America. In other words, expose yourself to confrontational material that will force you to grow and to be the man and woman of God you were created to be before the beginning in time and stop being a couch potato in a lethargic state. If you want to go into an Alzheimer's home spiritually, then go to the churches where the, they're all in Alzheimer's. I'm not speaking disrespectfully of people with Alzheimer's. I had some in my family. But the point is the average Christian and conservative is not supposed to be in a spiritual, intellectual state of Alzheimer's or dementia. You're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Christ is not an idiot. If you have the mind of Christ, it means your IQ should be at least the level of a genius. Start acting like it. Uh, you know, I, I'm being irrationally passionate, but I, like I'm really on fire here because this, what happens this year in 2016? I mean, this is it, man. We either go into George Orwell's totalitarianism, where we have an all-centralized, all-powerful, cradle-to-grave government, and there's no turning back. Once that door is shut, it's over. We have an opportunity to change America. We really do. And, you know, I don't feel up to the job. I don't feel adequate. I don't feel worthy. I'm sure you guys don't feel adequate or worthy. We know we're not special. We're fallible. We're imperfect. So is everybody else in your audience. But guess what? Look around. There's nobody else to get in the game but us. We may feel like, well, you know, we're not worthy. Of course we're not worthy. You know, why, why, why isn't there some great leader coming? There, there is none. It's up to you and I. You know, a Gideon's band, a remnant, and we can change the direction of America. But it's going to require being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, a total revolutionary, radical commitment to Jesus Christ, and using your mind like God intended you to use it, which means raise the level of your intelligence and quit thinking like some little immature nine-year-old and learn to use discernment, whether it comes to political candidates or career choices or whatever. I know I'm bordering on an irrational, emotional uh, overdrive, but for crying out loud, this is the last year we've got. It's it's now or never. I, I don't think, you, well, you're not going to find any argument here. You're right. And, and you know, Christianity, it's not a Occupy. It's not passive. This is. We are not called to be passive dupes. You know. Right. I, I, I hear this. Well, we are not of the world. No, no. I, I get that. Okay. But but what a wussy statement. I mean, talk about wussing up. So so what does that give you? A pass not to do anything? 
No, no, we have to fight until our last breath, and, and we have to be responsible. I mean, there's no other way to put it. As Christians, I mean, I, and I hear this all the time, uh, and I think, Paul, they're molding us into this 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 level of uh, passiveness and to, to subjugate us and they're using the clergy response teams and and they're they're using this perverted sense of christianity much like hitler did in nazi germany where that that positive christianity perverse to 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 make the people pliable and this is what we're being subjected to so we will be subjugated so we will, there won't be any fight and, and one other thing the bible doesn't teach fatalism and Steve Quayle and I talk about this. You and you and uh, you and I talk about this. And, and Paul, you're, you're, you're big on this. We are not called to be fatalistic. The results are up to God. We are the efforts up to us, and we are to play our position, read our mail, go out and, and fight the fight. And, and I'll tell you something, Paul. I'll be I'll, I will be damned, and and that you can take that literally. If, if I don't fight the fight because I've got my children, my grandchildren to look at and they will ask me, what did you do? Or maybe they'll, they'll stand right. on my grave and pee on my grave. You know, I mean, um, it's but it's up to us. No, 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 that's, that's, that, you, that's exactly right. Because maybe the generations of children we have now are momentarily caught up in this uh, uh, socialist uh, collective mind state, but eventually they're going to snap out of it and uh, do we want them looking at us when we're old? What did you do, Dad or Mom, uh, or looking at our grave? And what what did you do? Because, see, we're the last generation that has the opportunity uh, to, to change the course. It, they won't have that up. If, we don't, if we're not faithful to the time period that God has given us, which is now, they won't have the opportunity to do anything because, because the door will be shut. That's where we are in human history. And, and, you know, um, I talk a lot about the need for a great awakening and a biblical revival, and I also talk about the need for raising up the intellect. And that's the message in uh, A Prophecy of the America, 2016-2017, the, the new book. It's, it's, it's driven by a sense of incredible urgency for what's happening now. I mean, it's incredible urgency. I've never had more urgency concerning a year in my entire life because what happens this year is going to determine uh, what happens the following years and I I know it's irreversible it's irreversible because of what will happen economically geopolitically the loss of freedoms who's on the Supreme Court I mean this is the game-changing year so once we understand that it's the game-changing year the only question we have to ask ourselves is am I okay I claim to love Jesus Christ but is Jesus Lord of my life? And if Jesus is Lord of my life, then I cannot be selfish and sit idly by and make excuses or quote Bible verses out of context, like you just talked about, the, the person who perverted the verse. Uh, we're, we're in the world, but not, not of the world. Well, you perverted the, you perverted the Word of God. And I'm not talking about you, the person who did it. They perverted the Word of God to justify their apathy. And there's a lot of American Christians that are perverting the Word of God to justify their apathy. In other words, they're in a state of sin. Apathy is the, the, the most damnable sin. 
And in order to justify their sin, just like the Pharisees who crucified Christ, they pervert the Word of God. They, they talk about, they complain about people that they think are perverted and point the finger at them and say, oh, these people are perverts. No, the real perverts are the people that take the Word of God, pervert its true meaning to justify their apathy, and the result of their apathy is lives will be destroyed. God is in, is in opposition to that individual. Don't think for a moment that you're God's friend if you maintain that position. You're in opposition to God. God has given us a window of opportunity. So if we take seriously the words, Jesus is Lord of my life, then we will follow him. And what does Jesus want us to do? He wants us to use the brain that he's given us at its highest level. And he also wants us to be filled with the Spirit. But the two go hand in hand. And when we're using our minds at the level that God wants us to use it, uh, then we come up with effective, not non-effective strategies. And then when we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we can call on God's supernatural help. We can call on the uh, angelic armies. We can call on God to make a way where there is no way. To, to God will bless. God will, will move supernaturally. But he's not going to do that for the individual who's um, on autopilot in, 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 in their mind. So we can take back this nation. I mean, we really can. There's a critical mass. I wrote the book Mass Awakening. This is what I deal with in my book Mass Awakening. You know, and I write the books for the purpose of people sitting around, inviting people over, and actually applying it. It's not just like a, uh, something that you uh, read to titillate yourself. You, you, you apply it. You educate others. So 2016 is a critical year. We can change the direction of America if each one of us will assume our responsibility before God. And I believe that as we're talking, and I don't want to be presumptuous, and I don't want to uh, push the level of conversation uh, above and beyond what I believe that God is doing, but I believe that we're, that where two or more of us are gathered, Jesus Christ is in the midst of us. And, and as so often is the case when I get on your show, I sense the power of the Holy Spirit in a very unusual and powerful way, as I do now. And this doesn't happen on most shows that I go to. In fact, it ha happens on almost no show that I go on besides yours. The power of the Holy Spirit shows up because I suspect that there are thousands of people who are true intercessors who pray for this program. So, so they open the, the gateway of heaven, uh, which allows the Holy Spirit to uh, invade the conversation, as he should. But I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is moving in the dynamic of our conversation, and I believe that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is calling every single person listening to a 100% radical commitment to Jesus as Lord. He's calling them to repent of their apathy and to repent of the apathy in, specifically in the area of their intellect and mind. There is no excuse, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, for you to be stupid, ill-informed, and not use the brain that God gave you. That is bad stewardship, and it's sinful. So if you're walking around dazed and confused, it's because you have not bothered to pay the price to allow your mind to be confronted with truth that's going to raise, to force you to raise the level of your understanding and perception. So you have to repent of that. That's sin. 
Just like, you know, people are all upset, you know, I need to uh, repent of cigarette smoking. No, before you repent of cigarette smoking, why don't you repent of not using your mind? Because that was given to you by God for the purpose of using it. And then the Holy Spirit is calling his people. You know, the Holy Spirit may not continue to call us. At a certain point, the Holy Spirit will withdraw. The Holy Spirit in grace pours his Spirit out and calls his people to respond. He's wooing his people. He's calling his people. People, anybody who has the Holy Spirit inside them can sense the move, the dynamic move of the Holy Spirit moving through this program now as countless hearts are being touched powerfully by the presence of God. The presence of God is invading people in their homes, their offices, their cars, wherever they're listening uh, to his talk. The Holy Spirit is invading their hearts and minds, and they can sense the pull of the, the, the power of the Lord. The Lord is calling them into a surrender of their lives and their talents and abilities radically uh, to Jesus Christ so that they would receive the anointing of God, choose to use the intelligence that God gave them, and then give it everything they have in the power of the Holy Spirit by being diligent to transform not only their lives, but our nation in this brief window of time that we still have. But we're not going to hit the goal. We're not going to hit the target unless our thinking is at the level of being effective. Good intentions do not count. Being sincere does not count. Voting for the wrong candidate because you were sucker punched into thinking he was a Christian because you didn't really bother to do your homework. You just fell in love with his rhetoric or listened to somebody talk could cost you the future of America. So I don't know what else to say, but I believe that there's a strong presence of conviction of the Holy Spirit being poured out on your audience. And you know what I really believe? I believe that the Lord is speaking to you right now, and he is giving you an opportunity to enlist in his army, a peaceful, loving, spiritual army, the body of Christ. He, but I also sense that the Lord's patience is ending with some people, and you know who you are. He's, if the Lord has come to you uh, multiple times, and he has called you to, to get in the game and surrender your life to him, and you've brushed him off every time he's approached you, the time may come, and this may be the final time, where the Lord says, okay, you're not interested in responding to me? I visited you with my presence and spirit, and you're not interested in responding to me. The Lord may remove his presence from you. And if that happens, he gives you over to yourself, to a reprobate mind. He gives you over to your own devices. And that's a scary thing, because if the Lord abandons you, and he will abandon you eventually, if you continue to push his presence away. I'm not talking about the issue of eternal security and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the issue if the Lord visits you with his presence, because he is asking you to get into his program and get into this what he wants to do, but you keep brushing him off. At a certain point, the Lord is going to withdraw. So this is a time of grace where the Lord is reaching out to you, and you have a choice. You have a choice. You can intellectually justify your apathy, like the pervert, uh, person that Doug talked about, who actually perverted the Holy Word of God. He perverted. Talk about sexual perversion. Spiritual perversion is far more vile. 
He perverted the Word of God by saying, we're in the world but not of it, and used his perversion of the Word of God to justify the most rotten sin of all, the sin of apathy, which is the precursor to the sin of abortion and every other damnable thing happening in our nation. A person who claims to know Jesus Christ perverts the Word of God by twisting it like a pervert and saying, we're in the world but not of it, to justify his rebellion from God. And you, we can take so many other scriptures. Well, it's the last days, the Bible says, and evil men will get worse and worse, therefore I can't do anything. Again, that is perverting the word of God. So how dare you point your finger at a sexual person that you call a pervert when you yourself are far more perverted. You pervert the word of God to justify your sin. So who is more evil in the sight of God? The person who doesn't know God and is caught up in some kind of sexual deviancy? Or you who claim to know the Word of God and actually use the Word of God to pervert it to justify a far worse sin, which is the sin of apathy, which causes all the other sins, because you refuse to be the salt and light that God commanded you to. You want revival in America? You want a great awakening? Then it starts with repentance. Quit faking it. Quit playing church, get down on your knees before God during this program or after it, and give God your life, and quit faking it, and give God 100%. Otherwise, close up shop and go open a whorehouse somewhere in Texas. The <laughs> One of the most powerful broadcasts I, I think I've ever heard tonight, Paul McGuire, paulmcguire.us. I, I think what Paul is saying is, Folks, saddle for battle. I like to say that. Saddle for battle. 2016, this is the year that could change everything. And certainly by your inaction will change everything or perhaps change nothing for you. Uh, more importantly, I do believe that if we do nothing, changes, massive changes are coming. And if we do something, perhaps those changes might be positive. And, uh, you know, by doing nothing, we will be accountable not just to our mortal families but uh, but to but to God we will be accountable to God Paul I tell you what man it, it's uh, the holy spirit indeed uh, uh wow I could just I could just feel the holy spirit moving through this program through through uh, I I feel like uh, Chris uh, Matthews you know butterflies but for a different reason different reason and and the well, reason I, I feel the whole... powerful go ahead I feel the I feel the Holy Spirit too. I mean, it is so pow The presence of God in this room is so powerful. Indeed, I mean, I yeah. can literally just be knocked over by. It. But the thing that's interesting is, when I went into this program, did I feel spiritual? No. Did I feel <laughs> particularly? Uh, no. This happened because there are people in your audience that are intercessors who are praying for us. Yeah. This 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 move of God didn't happen because of me or you. God showed up despite ourselves, because there's people praying, and and I thank God for those unknown people who were praying, because the Lord intruded. You know that's all I have to say. I mean, I I, I became uncharacteristically unglued, but that was because the Spirit of God just came over me. And that's because people out there are praying. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. It's completely the grace of God. You know, it's almost like it's in spite, like you said, well, it's in spite of us, Paul. Uh, I mean, right. you know, it's... Right, Yeah, and 
I, and, I, and I think I think really well. I just I, I pray, um, I pray that people listening to this program tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that you you take what Paul McGuire said and take it to heart. To, please pray about everything, but more importantly, we all need to step up to the plate. We all need to make a difference. Um, that's what Paul is saying, and we can make that difference, or at least we can go out there and. Um, well, and I say this all the time, Paul. We we need to listen. I think we need to quiet ourselves in the spirit, listen for the instructions from God, receive those instructions, and act upon them. Anything short of that is really, um, well, it's not being uh, it's it's not being a servant of God. Certainly, we're not being a good steward if we don't do that. Reader on mail, player positions, and working. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and absolutely. And the thing that we need to remember is we need to quit uh, worshiping at the idol of, of making Jesus a small and impotent God. You know, when it says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, God desires to work miracles through his people. I mean, uh, God desires to work miracles in their own life and miracles uh, among the, the people of God in this nation. It is God's desire to do things in America right now that are beyond our ability to ask or think. But he's simply waiting for his people to get in sync with him. And he will do things that are so amazing that we never would have thought it could have happened in America. So we have to really blow out the ceiling in our minds of what we think it's possible for God to do in America. We need to detonate that ceiling and, uh, and, and believe God for the impossible, or at least open the door to the possibility that God can do some things that are Beyond anything that we could conceive of, but it's going to—we trigger it through prayer because it's a partnership. Amen, brother. You know we've reached the end of the program virtually here. We got just a, a couple of minutes left. Any closing thoughts? Anything that you want to uh, want to say? Drive home or reiterate whatever um, in closing? Yeah. yeah. Well, my closing thought—my closing thought would be that uh, um, for all of the people uh, listening out there is that. It's really important that you pray for the Hagmans, that you pray for me, that you pray for the other guests, you pray for yourselves, and that you pray for this nation. And never underestimate um, the power of that, um, because that is our true source of strength. And pray for this election. You know, pray that God's man or God's person um, will become the next president of the United States of America pray above everything else and that that the fog will be lifted and it'll become very clear um who that person should be amen brother all right and uh a prophecy of the future of america anticipated release date is april you said uh yeah april and they should pre-order it now because uh it'll be finished i'm i'm writing it day and night and we'll send it out immediately because I want people to apply it. I mean, this is not an, an intellectual exercise. It's a hands-on manual, and it deals with a lot of important things. We are going to be ordering our copies tonight, a Prophecy of the Future of America 2016-2017, to receive our instructions and, and your insight. Uh, Paul, I just want to say thank you so much for a great program. God bless you, my friend. God bless and you, we gentlemen. Will, if, we'll see you in Dallas. Um, so. Amen. In Dallas at the Hear the Watchman conference. I'll be there. All right, Paul. God bless you, brother. to it. Thank All you, man. Right, thanks for a great God show. Bless you guys. Good night. Bye-bye. All right. Wow. Yeah. That was Paul McGuire. PaulMcGuire.us is his website. Check out his uh, YouTube videos on his YouTube channel, Paul McGuire. That's Paul, M-C-G-U-I-R-E. He uh, has them also on his website, but... Uh, 
does fantastic videos on a on a regular basis, and uh, I watch as many as I get a chance to watch, um, and they're always fantastic, always with a timely message and an important message, and uh, <coughs> between the geopolitics and, and the prophetic events that are always unfolding uh, and continue to rapidly unfold, he's got his hand right right on the button, right, he knows what's going on, and Indeed he um, does. He knows how to explain what's going on. You, you know, um, yes, a lady of the studio dog just came in, and uh, she knows. It's amazing. She knows when the show is wrapping up. Uh, she was laying in my office for a while, and she came into the studio. Uh, yeah. Iowa caucus results. Republican caucus, 62% of, uh, reporting right now. Looks like Cruz, 28.3 to Donald Trump's 25%. Democratic Hillary Clinton, 50. Zero set or fifty point seven percent, and see that doesn't matter. Sanders forty eight point six with the the Cruz and Trump because you know how there's people that that talk to people pre and post vote, um, the polling, the live data polling. Well, I look at this. This is going to change a hundred times before the uh, before tomorrow. I hope you're right. Uh, I, I don't think I, it will. Look, I, well, I, you know, okay. And bottom line here is, it, do these do these numbers even matter in no, terms of no, in terms don't. of well, When's I, the last time in Iowa the person who won Iowa went on to win the president? I knew that before the show, folks, and, and I just you know, uh, just maybe so it was Obama. I don't no, know. no, it was. Um, but the same uh, form won 2012. Uh, didn't McGovern in 72 win? I can't remember. Uh, listen to me, okay? Uh, yeah, uh, or whatever year that was. I'm sorry. A- anyway, uh, folks. Uh, I just want to thank you for, for taking part in a great program. I want to thank you for your belief and trust in us. I want to thank you for being part of our extended family. And you know something? We are working hard at uh, really doing a lot of things with our websites. Go to hagmanandhagman.com for show information and show archives and listen live and watch live. That's hagmanandhagman.com. Hagmanreport.com. That's the nucleus of our enterprise. And homelandsecurityus.com. That's my little corner. Until tomorrow, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. Sandia yes. will be in hour and three. We've got something special for you, too. Yeah, we're going to have a, g- a great show tomorrow. I want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers, your support, your kindness, your joining us, your feedback. Until tomorrow. Doug and Joe have left the building. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>